MFN. See you on the lift. Back attack, dude. Fun for you! Hey, your homies good. Slide down in big hills. You know what I mean? On a big, nice burgundy snowboard. All right, another beautiful day here in the booth at the Bomb Hole, which is presented by Pub Beer and, of course, Run Through a Wall Smelling Salts. Jones, how are we doing? Good. <laughs> For the people listening, uh, Jeremy just smacked a Run Through Wall Smelling Salt to get things going. How was that, Jones? It was amazing. New label got me hyped, so <laughs> like just started right. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's tearing up. Uh, and our producer, Silk D, running the board. Silk, how you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, Chris. Thanks for asking. Love that. And the man of the hour, we got Eric Leon in the booth. Eric, what's happening? I'm chilling. Stoked to be here. We are so happy that you're here. And for the listeners that don't know who you are, Eric Leon is a professional snowboarder known for great style. He's got an incredible hand plant, a beautiful method, a mean backflip. Whatever Eric does, he makes it look good. But more importantly, he does so much to give back to snowboarding, especially with his brand Core. And he truly cares about our community and its future. And Eric is just a beam of light. So let's get into it. First things first, Eric, what brings you out in this direction? I saw you in a Ford Bronco. Why are you in this part of North America right now? Um, that's a good question. I was recently on kind of my, uh, my first trip with Ford Bronco. I recently signed with them. Um, we went to Moab to do this thing called the Off Rodeo, where they have like four locations across the country um, where they teach you how to drive your Bronco. So uh, if you purchase a Ford Bronco, you get a free like class for eight hours. They feed you, do all this stuff, and they take you out into the sticks and teach you how to do all of like the modes that Honestly, I had no idea existed. I was just driving my Bronco like a normal ass person. Like I was like afraid to touch some dials and stuff. And then after this, I was like, oh shit, like I could be ripping it in sport mode and like cooking it up hills and stuff or running it eco mode if I'm going to go like long distances. And then like properly trusting how to run a differential lock like up hills and up sketchy stuff. So it's kind of what we were doing. So, so let's just run it back. You, do you, you got a Ford sponsor. Yeah, you get yeah. a free you get a free truck for Bronco. Yeah, for sure. It's, what it's kind of like a Dude. yeah, it's, it's like a crazy situation. You're kind of on like year by year contracts, and basically, if you blow it, they're going to take it from you, which is pretty obvious. Mm -hmm. I think that with any sponsorship, sure. so yeah, you pretty much just like live up to uh, what you signed on to do. Uh, let me tell you that Ford sticker is going to look good on the nose there. Just. Built Ford tough on the nose? Is that what, that what <laughs> yeah. we're talking? I mean, I there's been this question going around lately of your dream sponsor, and I think I could slide that one in right there. Like, yeah, mine's a, DeWalt, that's but that's up there. Yeah. yeah, I like that. So, were you just beating the hell out of this thing? Like, it, you're in Moab. Were you all, were you going like rock crawl vibes on it? Yeah, actually, for sure. We I was beating the hell out of mine. Um, I was kind of ripping it because. I spent a lot of time off-roading, so I was like, oh, sick. Like, this is pretty normal. They're, f yeah, they're they're just funny. At least the Bronco Sport is, like, crazy. It's compact, short wheelbase, and it rips so hard. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And then, they, yeah, they basically just taught us how to, like, crawl mode and stuff. Like, dude, they're insane. You can, they have, like, self-braking systems. Like, you can straight up take your feet off the pedals, set, like, uh, MPH, and as you're, like, literally driving, like, crawling down hills, like, you have, like, your your car and dip in like one of the goat modes 
um, which is like a differential lock crawling kind of system. And uh, you're just like rolling down hills in Moab and you're just like pretty much just like messing with this toggle and it's just like going two miles an hour, three miles an hour, four, back to one. And it's just breaking on its own. You're just steering. You're just like navigating the line. Damn. Dude. Sounds amazing. Yeah, I'll say this too as an unbiased. You know, I'm I'm a I'm a Chevy guy. I'm not looking for a Ford sponsor, but the new Broncos. I've seen some of them with the right wheels and tires. People making those things look good. They do. They look really good. It. I, oh man, tech. Yeah, that's tech. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, let's get into some snowboard stuff here. So, um, you're SoCal kid, right? Where'd you grow up? Um, I grew up in Riverside, California. Um. Well, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I'm. I'm. I was born in. I was born in uh, Downey, California, and kind of East LA, and then uh, we moved to Chino Hills when I was a little dude. And I think I lived there until I was about third grade, and then third grade uh, we moved to Riverside, California, Harupa, Harupa Valley, Rubidoux area, so Inland Empire, and then yeah. How did you find snowboarding? Um. Dude, I, I've, like, been obsessed with action sports since I was, like, a little kid. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't even read, like, normal books. Like, my dad had to give me, like, skateboarding books and stuff like that about, like, Tony Hawk for me to, like, read because my, like, reading level was extremely low. So, uh, like, action sports have always been, like, I'm like, oh, I want to snowboard. Like, I want to skate. Like, I want to BMX. Like, I want to do, like, anything. I, I want to surf. Like, I want to do it all. And so my cousins kind they their family had a cabin and they would snowboard and I went once with them and I just like tommied so hard like my first day like at Snow Valley and then after that I didn't go for years. And uh my older brother or half brother, Chad, like apparently he snowboarded when he was like in his twenties and he's like, Oh, I'll take you. Like I'll take you snowboarding and I was always like so fired up every winter. And then, like, n- never happened. Then I ended up meeting somebody at my local skate park while riding BMX. Uh, his name's Kyle Schaefer. Uh, I taught him how to do the spine on a bike. And then we became best friends that summer. It was, like, the dream summer. Like, taught him how to do the spine. And then we ripped BMX bikes, like, all summer long. And then in, like, September, he's like, dude, my parents have a cabin. Like, we should go snowboarding. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Like, I always wanted to snowboard like proper and yeah we went up from there like killer at bear yeah bear nice for sure amazing so then you start getting into it at what point did you kind of get obsessed where you're like all right this is this is my shit um i think like hmm it would have been like my first or second time to bear because my first time i remember i got off the bunny chair and i didn't fall I rode down the bunny chair, and then his brother, who was, like, 18, was like, we're going up chair nine, which is, like, the park lap. And I went up there, and I was, like, at this point, I was already, like, established in BMX. Like, I want, I was, like, could do, like, bar spins and tail whips and fucking turn downs and all this stuff. And I was, so I was, like, I understood parks and I understood rails and I understood transitions. And I rode trails, I rode jumps, I did all this stuff. And then I went down chair nine, and this was, like, when bears heyday, you know, like Nemo, Bradshaw, all this stuff, like seeing the park and I was like, what is this? Like, this is sick. And then, yeah, pretty much just sucked, you know, for like the first couple trips. And then like went back like a week or two later and the park had changed. And I noticed it because I grew up at skate parks. Mm. 
And I was like, what? This is a skate park that changes every week. This is the sickest thing I've ever seen. I like that perspective. Yeah. Killer. So you got the SoCal BMX skate snowboard surf background. And then so when it came to snowboarding, you already had pretty, you're pretty intuitive on that thing, I'd imagine, right out of the gate. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I sucked. (laughs) What was first? What was what action sport pulled you into action sports or did you just want it from um, a visual? I got I got a blind skateboard when I was in second grade in Chino Hills at a place called Jay's Board Shop. And that was my first skateboard. Mm, yeah. What's your first snowboard? My first snowboard was a hand-me-down Lamar 142. Ooh, okay. Dope. That was my cousin's. I had to give it back. Um, and then what? And then it was a, a Burton... Yeah, fuck, what do they call them? I don't even know, but it had, like, a snow monster on it. It had, like, a Yeti on it. The Burton Chopper? Little kids mm, board? Maybe yeah. a Chopper, yeah. I think it was a Chopper, if 135. A yeah, <laughs> sounds... So give me some ages real quick. So you had a bit of a gap from being introduced to snowboarding, mm-hmm. where you Tommy down the hill. Where What's our age there? Dude, Pretty I don't know. Pretty young? Yeah. I would have to ask my cousin on that. She would probably remember, but, yeah. And then when you got into the cycle more with your buddy, now you're... You're quite a bit older, it sounds like. Maybe three or four years there. Um, yeah, so I was in fifth or sixth grade. Okay. Sixth grade, I think. Because he was in seventh or he was in eighth. Eighth grade. We're going into ninth. Kyle Schaefer, yeah. So you're from Riverside. The only person I know, the people I know from Riverside are like Lance Hacker and Mike Hacker, Desiree, and yourself. Did you snowboard with Des back in the day? Um, No, not really. Des was kind of already established as like a up-and-coming professional snowboarder. Like, or amateur or whatever, you know. Um, I met Dez at my local skate park in Harupa. Dez, Harrison, and then probably some other, like, snowboard rats. But I remember Dez and Harrison. I remember seeing Dez and being like, is that a girl or is that a boy? Like, this is, like, back when she shaved her head and was just, like, skating all the time and snowboarding, rode for Tech 9 and Flux. Remember mm-hmm. that? Yeah, I remember Flux that. Flux Tech yep. 9 boards. And then, yeah, crazy style. Um... Yeah, that's how I met Des. And yeah. Lance and Mike Hacker I met later in life. Okay. Yeah. Killer. So then what was your first sponsor? How did you go from uh, recreational snowboarder sponsored rider? Shredder. 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 Um, what was my first sponsor? Um, I don't know. I got hooked up by a couple local companies like on my second year Damn. of snowboarding. Yeah, like there was this company Landing Headwear that like hit me up on MySpace. Yeah, dude. Granger. Yep, Granger. The green yep. and striped dude, dude. Those landing beanies were like, they were sky high resis. These things were, we're talking like almost a two and a half foot tip to tail resi. These things were unbelievable. 100. I ran that. Mm-hmm. And I was a little dude. Mm-hmm. And my, run it. Yeah, pretty much like there was like some sort of like landing connection and like no miss, you know? And like, I was just so obsessed with that. I was like, damn, was sick. Simone Chamberlain, fucking whatever Granger's doing, like all those homies. Um, Steon Solberg. Yep. The Solberg, mm. JP Solberg and Steon both ran them. Yeah, they were they were based out of France. Um, and they just hooked me up. They were hooking me up with packages, like always bugging me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that first package when you're a kid though. Whoo. Oh, man, nothing better. Yeah, that thing's exciting, huh? I got to go with 13. 13 wow. young rat packages come in the mail second year snowboarding that's some that's natural talent right there if you're getting a package two years in yeah i don't know well yeah i mean it's a 
different time in snowboarding for like we had uh, MySpace and YouTube, you know. Who was on your top eight? Who's on my top eight? Kyle Schaefer, Aaron Keniston, and probably some like skate park homies. Was Tom on there? No. You didn't have Tom on the top eight? That was always kind of a flex. Yeah. (laughs) Got to respect that. All right, Eric, we're going to get into a section of the show we call Run Through a Wall Trivia. Welcome to Run Through a Wall Trivia. Run Through Wall Trivia presented by Run Through Wall Smelling Salts. What we got going on here, Eric, is you just hit a smelling salt if you get the question wrong. Okay? So we'll give you two. Uh, This is trivia. (laughs) I I thought it was maybe something you might know. So um, basically, I just went through some of your your basic uh, hobbies and places you've traveled and came up with six questions. And the idea is it's rapid fire. So if you get it wrong, you have five seconds to answer. If you get it wrong, you hit assault, and we're immediately going to the next question. Okay, so just be ready to be on your toes Shit, here. dude. All right. This is nuts. And if you hear the buzzer, that means hit assault. And keep your sniff tight. Keep okay. that thing up there. And Jones will, there. Jones will do, and you know, you pinch it, sniff it, and we're good to go. Referee Jones over here. Just yes. He's like, yo, no. Mm-mm. I'm your counter, too. Jones is refing, and also uh, these are USDA organic grass-fed uh, smelling salts. We're good to go. Okay, so to start it off, uh, first question. There are two main types of fly fishing. What are they called? Five, four, three, I don't know, two, steelhead fishing? Like, fl- spay fishing? Wet oh and dry. <coughs> All right. <laughs> what were, down. What were <laughs> fly lines originally made from? Five, uh, horse hair. Four. That's correct. Nice. What is the Japanese word for morning Tinkara. wood? Five. Morning word wood word for morning wood. Saidachi. Uh, 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 Three. That's two. acceptable. It's asadachi. Uh, Sorry, there's a saidake, a saidachi. Uh, very popular dog breed, most seen in Japan. Frank April also has one of these dogs. Five. Shibuya. You know. That's correct. Nice. What? Is pro surfer Dane Reynolds' current film crew? Five, Chapter 11 four. TV. That's correct. What is Bodie Merrill's ender in Reckless Abandon? Five. One four, foot double back? Three, two. One. It's the switchback switch rodeo. Switchback rodeo front board 270 out on the wooden up flat down. I uh, wasn't there for that. Sold yep. out of it. Hit a We got it. <laughs> <laughs> and okay. Last question, question number six. Fly fishing. Name all five types of flies. Five. Uh, you have a dry, wet, nymph. Um, dry, wet, nymph. Like streamer. Um, fucking trout fishing. I don't know. Popper. Fuck. <laughs> Bucktail. Bucktail and terrestrials are the last two. Terrestrial. So, all right, hit one That's more. That's some Utah, Maine, like in like inland grasshopper shit. <laughs> I don't really fuck with that. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Do I hit another one of these? Yeah, you got yeah. it. You got it wrong. You got to hit one. Yes, uh, I'll hit one for good measure too. <laughs> Same Hey, Silk, Silk D, you want to hit one too? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll join you guys. Yeah, get Jesus. It. Oh, I just got it. A real one. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh that was good. That's a good batch. Oh. oh, damn, Silk D is hitting there, hitting that. Oh. 
Wow. Yes. Oh, Mama, is gonna be like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, these are just to, you know, we started doing the smelling salts because we saw hockey players doing them all the time uh, on the bench. So that's where we got it from. If people have any questions, they're fun. Available at bombhole.com. Hey, why don't we hit a Patreon question here real quick, uh, Silk? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, we got one from Lane Knack. Legend. He says, uh, well, it's actually more of a statement than a question. Uh, please bring back the goddamn backflip report. Much love, amigo. Oh, my God, Lane. Insane. Um, yeah, what's up with the backflip report? Side note, Lane, Knack, hardest working person in snowboarding. Um, hands down. Yeah. That dude is so sick. Um, back, daily backflip report. Um, yeah, it was like I lived in Lake Tahoe and was just snowboarding heaps. And every day I would do a backflip and I would do like a selfie video and whatever. Just be like, hey, what's up? I'm Eric Leon. Um, we're at Boreal Mountain in Lake Tahoe is your daily backflip report. And I would do that. And then I would kind of do that all over the country or wherever I was at the time. And then I started to then ask people like, hey, if you want to be featured, like do a daily backflip report and like shout it out proper. And then I would just share it on my channels. I'd have them email it to me. So it was kind of like a way for people from around the world to like, I don't know, be a part of something. Mm. It was just like funny. You know, I don't know. It's great. So we have people from like Japan and all around like doing cool stuff like backflips all the time. All right, as as an avid backflipper, you know you've got it. They're there. They're turnkey. Take what's what's the key to a good a good backflip? Um, what's a key to a good backflip? Um, uh, like what's an e- like a key like an easy key or like what's cool in a backflip? No, like maybe more of a, a tutorial type of thing, and we can also get to what's cool. That's a two part. Yeah, Let's yeah, go ahead. So. for sure. Um. The my favorite way to backflip is to learn them fly out. So, mm. um, like, yeah, fly out of a QP or fly out out of the side of like. I grew up in a crazy place that had just had they they like built quarter pipes everywhere. So, just fly out quarter pipe to the top of a deck, and then you're able to like rotate it because it just gave you that like perfect vertical ride up. Like, if you think about you going up like a vertical quarter pipe, you're already a quarter of the way doing a backflip, and then you just have like technically two hundred and seventy degrees to then fall to your feet. So from there, you start with a QP, and you just kind of dial in the way that you want to flip. So it's also low consequence. Like, if you're, like, one of those crazy head dipper rollers, you know, you do, like, a backflip, and you end up doing, like, an underflip something, like, you can, like, make differences and change it because you're not, like, chucking bod. You're not mm-hmm. chucking kark. You're not, like, I think I do this, and then whatever. Mm-hmm. You have, like, small this. All right, now sell us why on the backflip. Why on the backflip? So the easiest, coolest 360 you could do. It's so much fun. Coolest know. 360. I've never heard it described as that. Like yeah, it. I mean, it's just like a, psh, yeah. you know, Tucker Andrews. I mean, watch Tucker Andrews do a backflip. You're like, I gotta do that. Like, if you're like on the chairlift and you see TA do a backflip, you're like, I gotta learn that. I gotta do it just like that. Like that looked like the funnest thing in the world. And then once you get your reps up and you start doing them on everything, they're a great one because. You don't have to edge. You can go dead straight. You think about a front three, back three, you got to probably do a setup turn or get on your heel mm-hmm. or toe edge. Backflip, it can be chunky on the way in. You're going through moguls, and then boom, just just tilt your head back, and it's there. Just yeah. tilt back. Is your, was your, did you have parameters on the backflip, on the daily report, like people that when they would send them in, 
you, you mentioned that they had to kind of, if it was right, you'd repost it. So is that in the narrative yeah, or in yeah. the flip itself? In the narrative, you know, like you had to announce like where you were and where the daily backflip report was. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and this is the daily backflip report. Like, you're like, hey, what's up? Like, I'm Chris Grenier. We're at Brighton Resort in Utah. And there's your daily backflip report. It's like, boom. You know? And just open format, but flip then would, anywhere. Yeah, but then I would get like videos of being like just people filming their backflips. I mean, and I'd be like, no, you gotta like announce where you are, like represent where you're doing a backflip. I like know? that. Involve like, them. Get them. Let's get run that back up this winter. Let's get that thing popping again. I like you that. Want it? Yeah. Let's do. Yeah, for I'll sure. I'll support it. Yeah. I think it's sick too because if you share it, like I had a pretty small like following on social media back in the day, but it was still like substantial in a sense. Still is small. I don't really know, but it was cool because other people were able to like be exposed on, like, a smaller channel, mm-hmm. like, or a bigger, you know, platform. They'd be like, oh, cool, my backflip was on, like, Eric's page or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was like, sick. Like, everybody can, like, I don't know, be hyped on something. Rerun the movement. Let's yeah, go. run it back up. Put it. Put me in your top eight on MySpace, too, if you go back. <laughs> so, so going back to the backflip, I think about you as, you know, for a long time you were Air Blaster guy. Did you, and you do the layout back. Yeah, I know it's a lot of people go Wildcat. Jones, he's going to grab Indy probably, you know, most likely. Uh, but I noticed you got the OG Air Blaster layout. Is that is that in, Air Blaster inspired? Uh, yeah, for sure. Ben Lynch, um, Tucker Andrews, like, yeah, schmuck. And, like, the way that they backflipped, watching them in the videos. Brandon Cocard has the laid-out backflip. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, pretty much grew up looking at those dudes on, like, the Air videos and being like, dang, like, they're having so much fun. Like, I want to snowboard like that. I remember meeting Tucker Andrews at the Eddie Wallride Invitational at mm-hmm. Mammoth. I was not invited, but Tucker was there, and he did a sick backflip. And I remember remember it, like, day one. I was like, he's on a lip tech. He's riding, like, Air Blaster goggles. This is the time before he wasn't wearing Air Blaster outerwear. He's wearing lip tech outerwear. And I was like, this guy's pretty sick. And he did like, sick laid out backflip. I was like, I got to do that. Mm-hmm. Killer. So going back to your, your arc of figuring it out and snowboarding, I remember first seeing you in some edits from Bear. Is that kind of how you got your foot in the door is making edits and stuff? Yeah, for sure. We made edits in, like, high school and stuff. Mm-hmm. What yeah. was the first, like, major videos that you were a part of as a kid? Like uh, like proper online like Online videos? edits and stuff, yeah. Um, yeah, mostly working, doing uh, Penguin Productions. Ooh, respect. Mm. That's, a, that's a deep cut. That was, like, Kyle <laughs> Schaefer, like... Great name, great name. It yeah. is a great name, <laughs> dude. You like? There's some funny. There's some funny things about that. Yeah, Kyle. Like, Kyle Shaver was like childhood best friend. We all like. We all lived in like the same neighborhood and stuff. But um, he like his dad like was like always like follow your dreams. And he was like, I want to start filming. His dad got him a VX and then Final Cut Pro and a MacBook Pro. And then from there it was just like game over. Like he just could do it. Like immediately mm-hmm. he was in like tenth grade and you could just like make videos. Like I, I go on like final, like I go on like iMovie and I'm like, fuck, I suck. You know, he just could just do it. Graphic design, anything. And so, yeah, Kyle got that and then just like created, like started making videos like right away. And then, yeah, I, it's actually kind of, you want to hear a crazy story? Um, one time MacDog messaged him on MySpace and this is when we were in high school and he was like, hey, I, like I was just like you when I started. No fucking way. Really? What legend. Yeah. I'll talk to him later today. I might bring this up. Yeah. See if he remembers. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's funny. I mean, like, Kyle showed me it, and he was like, dude, do you know who that is? That I was like, is sick. What? Like, that's so sick. Mm-hmm. And yeah, went from there. Penguin Productions, after high school, changed to Jupiter People. Mm-hmm. And Jupiter People is the one I remember. 
Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The penguin, like, you can find it. Can you find it? For sure. Yeah. Deep dive. It's embedded. It's not actually on a vi- video player. It's, like, embedded onto a website. Those are the deep. OGs. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. I mean, dude, we, like, that stuff is so funny. Like, Kyle drew the penguin. Like, I still remember... We st- I still remember how to draw the penguin. We used to draw it all the time. He drew it, and then he scanned it in, and then he put it onto uh, into our edits, and that's how Justin used to do Sunday in the Parks. And at that time, Sunday in the Park, this yeah. is when the park edit like was God. Yeah, you know, key, you had sure. Bradshaw and Meyer and Carlino making Sundays in the Park. Like that's a huge, exciting place to be influenced by, being from Bear and everything, right? Yeah, I think about that, like, every day. I'm, like, so fortunate and so thankful that, like, I, I, like, grew up in Riverside. And at that, like, time of park, like, building, like, everything, you know, like, SPT and all the contests and all that stuff, like, Big Bear was the hub for that. Like, the block, like, I went to the block when I was a kid, bro. Like, I was there, I was allowed in, I don't know how, I was 13. But, like, yeah, like, having professional snowboarders at the hill that I, like, was local to was changed my life. So, shout out to Bear. Shout out to everything that they've ever done that got professional snowboarders to, like, just linger and live there. 100%. Man, you show a lot of appreciation. Respect. It's dope. You know where you came from. Yeah, dude, IE Inland Empire, bro. <laughs> it's pretty dusty. You could have gone Metal Militia vibes on them, too. Yeah, my dad didn't let me have a dirt bike. Mm. Yeah, because I had like a adrenaline problem at a young age. So, But mm. racing BMX, I feel like, is great. You said you got bar spins and you raced BMX. Like, you understand cornering. That probably no, no racing. Oh, you no did race. You, oh, you did like free, like, uh, Dirt jumps and shit. Yeah, like only that. proper freestyle. freestyle. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got yeah, it. You have a turn down proper. That's insane. Have you hit the jumps with Seth down there? No, dude. I've been low key off the BMX for a minute. Mm. You should low key go down there with him because low key off it. If you were doing those <laughs> those yeah. things, you'd low key run that. You think? If you have yeah. low key skills when you're a kid, it probably low key still transfers. <laughs> I think. I so. just don't want to. I just don't want like my BMX homies that I still keep in touch with to like listen and just be like, yo. That's so burnt, bro. You don't ride your bike anymore. Like, what? Could you nah, could whatever. you whip when you're a kid? Or they call it a whip? What do they call yeah, it? Whip. Uh, like tail whip? Yeah. yeah. Like, or not a tail. No, like where you get all sideways. Yeah, like for sure. I was more of like a one foot flatty. I come with whip. Euro tables were kind of sick at the time. Mm. Yeah. So BMX, was, BMX didn't have really a whip like mountain bikes have. They yeah. were more... They were more like tabletop bikes. Okay. Yeah. It was like apex. You would apex in like... Yeah, you would go up and apex in your jump, and then you would adjust your tr- the way you would come into the landing. And so you could be whipping during that moment, but it's like very, it's more of like where would you turn your bars and how would your, how would you want to be positioned in the air? So there's there's plenty of different styles. Yeah. That what I'm trying to get to is where did you get the <laughs> method from? Did you get the method from yeah. BMX? Because the method's nice. We know about the method. The method's nice. I don't know, man. I don't know. I've always jumped. I've, like I'm right foot forward on a bike, and uh, I loved airing out to the left, so it's kind of the same thing in a sense. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you have a uh, good method influences as a, as a youth that made you want to get fired up on them? Um, I mean Nico and like pretty much, dude. I don't even know. I just like that was the way that I did a method. Yeah, you just have it. I, I don't know. Like I would when I first learned them. That's how I did them. 
and they've always been in the same spot every time and I never thought too hard about it. It's just like how it felt right in the air and how it felt right to like pre-grab and then extend your back leg and like all the way through here. Mm. Like that was the, I don't know. When I think about you and your snowboarding, I feel like you're on the feel good tip. Like you do the feel good tricks. You know, some people are like chasing the back 12 nose grab and you're like, oh, this method's just hitting just right. Is that part of your mentality? Um, I don't know. I never thought about it like that. I, I fuck maybe. I just I always think of snowboarding as like cool transitions and like jumping from one place to one other and like doing the thing that fits in there perfectly. Mm. You know, like the perfect. Like I don't know. Like you watch like Bubba scrub. Mm-hmm. Like Bubba would just like scrub perfectly off the takeoff and land perfectly in the landing. It's like same thing in snowboarding. Like you can fit something so perfect and like right in that little part match the rpms yeah yeah for sure like sometimes like a nose grab to like stale fish or something just fits fucking perfect because like Mm. the apex is like there for the nose grab to ride up rise up and then on the drop down grab stale and just like over tweak it into the transition or something you're just like it's almost locational snowboarding to and like feature snowboarding to a point because each thing has its own arc that you're trying to kind of fit your move into yeah, what's yeah. going to fit best there. I like that. Which is sick because that, that's a lot from the BMX days mm. mm-hmm. and like apex riding. You know, like you're, ride, oh, you're rarely yeah. riding trails lengthwise. Right. I you're, like that. You're riding apex down. So that's why you always notice like the best BMX jumps you've ever seen are steep as because they're going up and they're going like, mm, like all the way in like, mm. and then dropping in, you know? Wow. And like snowboarding, like connecting snowboarding like that was like my favorite thing. Apex snowboarding because if you think about all the things that you like to ride with the transitions, like like even a hand plant is simply an an apex maneuver. You're going up, you're weightless, you plant your hand, you come back down. Mm-hmm. You're blasting a method on a quarter pipe, same deal. Yeah, half pipe is that too. You're kind of you're timing everything for the peak. Yep. For sure. Whereas yeah. a, a cliff's just like stepping down, mm-hmm. which I have such a hard time with. Like yeah, for sure. Really? Hard to, yeah, I do. What's your struggle there? Um, just like free fall, step down, all that kind of stuff. Like, I have a hard time with them. I just like always have a hard time picking tricks. Gravity pulling at you and then trying to put the trick in while that's mm-hmm. happening. You're like trying to fit into like a natural free fall, like trying to like fit something into a natural free fall in a sense. And you have a really hard time with it. Cause mm-hmm. like typically on a step down, if you do build it with like a poppy lip, you can like apex like a very short distance away, but then you have to free fall after that. And that's where I have a hard time where like, you know, anything over like a 540, like I have a hard time with after. Cause like I can do the, like, like come in like cab three or cab five or whatever and like spot everything. And then once I get to the apex and then I start to free fall, I'm just like, fuck. Start to like lose it a little. Interesting. It's also something they don't have in a park, really. It's like really, yeah. that's backcountry specific where <laughs> you're going to get, get yeah. that, which bear ain't the best for. Yeah. Good observation. I'm, yeah. There's never, cliffs mm-hmm. and step downs in parks yeah mm-hmm. for sure yeah i prefer them because you go slow and you can control your pop so nicely i know i Whereas love them hauling ass at a transition you're getting shot out of a cannon sometimes yeah. it's terrifying which you seem to do well mm-hmm. well let, let's get into a guest question from uh bodie merrill here we go <clears throat> greetings bomb hole very happy you have eric with you today um eric in my opinion you've done some of the best hand plants in all of snowboarding and I've been lucky enough to witness a lot of them firsthand. Uh, but I'm curious, 
Which hand plant that you've done is your personal favorite? Uh, also, what is the better feeling, battling a clip for hours and finally getting the make or getting barreled? Um, can't wait to hear your episode. Love you guys. I love that dude. Like, fuck, I love that dude. This is my best friend. Um, thanks for the question, Bode. Um, hand plant. Oh, my favorite one, probably the one I did with you. We were up at Park City and we did, uh, we had like a double transition. It was like short transition to a wall and then drop down. Fenelon was there. John Ray was filming, did like a Recla- reckless abandon, right? Yeah, all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was mint. Dude, sick. Yeah, went there day one. Um, board was just so shot and couldn't make it to the wall. Like, I was like, literally couldn't make it to the wall. We were like, oh, cool. We'll go, we'll, like, go, like, get our boards all good. Come back the next day. Came back the next day. They tore down the whole thing. We're like, shit, rebuilt it. Kind of jank. Didn't sit overnight. If it sat overnight, would have been so proper, but whatever. We made it, made it happen. And then just kind of like, I was like, damn, this is like ideal situation to do this trick that I love to do, but it's like even better. So you do like a, you go up, do a backside hand plant, you grab your nose, and then like you push off, and then on your way down, you grab double nose, and then you like free fall, and then land. Fakey. No, 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 no. Oh, you land regularly. You stay true. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got goofy it. to goofy. Yep. Stay true. Stay true. That yeah. clip's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I'm stoked. And yeah, yeah, I was. Pumped on that. Yeah, Fanalon shot it in red and like watching it slow mo and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's pretty sweet. It's cool. How do you think of that? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I swear I saw you do it in a super park edit or on a quarter pipe once. Didn't you do it in on a, at a resort? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. where'd you learn that one? I don't know. I mean, I was just like planting and doing weird stuff for a while and just like trying to see where I can put my hands and, and fit them and stuff. Like, yeah, it was like. Hand plant, nose grab, double nose grab. The next one was like hand plant, Japan, Taipan, or whatever, Crail. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the next one was Taipan, nose grab, out of the hand plant. <laughs> and just like, oh, yeah, and then backside hand plant, nose grab, then to indie grab on the way in. So you like let go of your hand and then grab. So just like trying to fit all these weird moments in and then having the right quarter pipes to do them and just be like, I don't know. Like I have kind of long arms. Filling in the gaps. So it's all in the free fall out of the plant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then if there isn't, like, proper, if, like, the thing isn't oververt and there doesn't allow it for free fall, then you have to push off and it can be a little bit harder. Mm. Is but. this free fall and grabbing in the free fall zone part of, like, um, controlling your time in that free fall? Because you don't, like, on jumps, you're not, mm-hmm. you, it sounds like you tend to find apex boarding a little more, so you're going to sniff that out rather than, like, a pat down or a cliff. But you go and do a hand plant, you're kind of always feeding yourself into this free fall moment. Yeah. And I wonder if your brain just kind of works in that fill this gap. Like I can grab this hand plant. You got moments. But I'm coming down. I gotta, I gotta like fill this in. Yeah. I actually probably like that's how I feel. Like that, yeah, that's how I feel. Like I'll do a hand plant and sometimes I'll be dropping and I'll be like, oh, like I could have done something else in there. Like, damn it. That's so rad. <laughs> you know, I like that. Or yeah, I don't know. Or sometimes like, I don't mean, I don't mean to throw something else in there, but it's like it's there. Like I don't know. You just got to do it. When you do it smooth, which makes it that much harder and I think keeps people away from filling those gaps. It's like, let's just I did the thing, let's keep it together. Let's just keep it together. Yeah. Until we hit and get this clip and you're like, "No, let's do a little more." And I love it. Well, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Well, That's like yeah, hand plants. I I love them. They're so sick. But. I think it's cool if you look at people 
follow trends. You you paved your own lane in this department. You know, mm. a lot of times people come out with a new trick and and then just everybody copies it. You kind of have your own lane of of your cool grabs, cool hand plants. What I'm curious about is on the and you have a great frontside invert as well. Have you messed around with frontside invert? truck driver out or or grab or like double grabs out of the front side invert is there is there a lane there excellent question there is a lane and i like have tried and i have such a hard time with it um but i'm, I'm gonna oh i can't i should know his name i can't remember his last name I um he's from pay the rent crew brian he now lives with and like works with ian sams and stuff um he used to do front side invert and then add a double grab. I couldn't. I can't quite remember the exact thing he used to do, but he used to do it. Cool front edge on the double grab, probably. <laughs> it seems, that that in seems there. hard. That's like a wound. You're like seat built it up in that thing. Oh, kind I have seen tight. people go front invert crail. I yeah, and it that. might have been front invert crail the nose grab. Yeah, yeah that would be that really cool. Yeah. I'm like trying to. Yeah, he used to, he sent me the clip and he used to do it, and I was like, that's insane. Like I could never. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like if you had a wall, the way you did the Andrect to double nose out, if you had like a step down hand plant feature where you had a good free fall, you could get busy on some grabs. For sure. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I would have to think about it and like what looks natural, you know, like what fits in there. Cause like frontside inverts so aggressively, you're fighting to get back. So you're fighting to get back to your feet to stay true. And then you're going to like throw something in there. So like, it, it looks good, unnatural. That's what makes the front side inverted look so good, mm. right? Because you're going in, like, you ever think about, like, Jed doing them, like, the clips yep. of him on, like, whatever. Like, your guys' is, like, team vacation trips. Yeah. Like, it's like, boom. He rips them back in. Yeah, and, like, that, the unnaturalness of it looks so good. So, like, try to add, like, unnatural and then add another unnatural to it or something. It's yeah. like you might be fighting yourself and then you might be fighting the clip or trying to. It's more jarring. It's a it's an into-the-wall sort of a scenario mm-hmm. where the, the Andrect is – is more apexy, like you float that one a bit more. The and or the front side's like, yeah, you need that shoulder working. Sprock off the wall. Yeah, actually, it would be sick. I got like crazy on thinking about it. Like, okay, like Reed Smith, super good at the tee bag. Yeah, like okay, incredible. front side invert, and then he brings it back. Like Insane. when he rocks back, like he could maybe grab melon. Yeah, yeah, Cause, like truck driver or melon by itself. Melon by itself. Okay, that would be cool. Yeah, mm. but like I don't that know, dude. Sense. Like that truck, that trick is gnarly. Have you ever done teabag? Oh, uh, like maybe like three in my life. Yeah, they're super tough for me. They're insane. I don't understand how the new gen they can do it every time. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's impossible. <laughs> I need like three ribs removed before I could do that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Marilyn Manson presents. What about teabag. stale? Real quick, stale fish on your front side invert, mm-hmm. and then a and then a nose grab on the way in, because then your your stale is going to throw you way out over the over the transition more and it might pull you off the wall mm-hmm. and then you can fall right into that that nose grab to help you stay true or or tail grab or still because like stale or, or tail no tail. No, no, no no like front side inverse tail fish and then you would grab nose grab on the way down regular nose grab on the way down hmm. if you went all the way around a miller flip could be there's, could work a little there's better. opportunity there there's yeah. opportunity because think about there. those algarials come around almost like a method yeah when people do them and then you can get that high diver throw off of the off of the board with your arm too on mm-hmm. the with the miller there's dude we're getting into the weeds we're but there, I, like I like it, it. yeah do you guys want to like should we go Somewhere? let's have a little should we go down to like, like Australia? yeah <laughs> plant <laughs> seminar fuck it we let's get, do it we can go next to time you're in town rink. I need to go out with you I need to learn some stuff we go hockey rink and a bungee there we yeah. go let's All do right. it <laughs> <laughs> 
at break? <laughs> is that what we're doing at break here? Is what do you think, Silk? Should we head down to the hockey room? And cut to that scene now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like static. Just a static scene, like pulling back. Pulling back. <laughs> just not a single. We're talking of all these elaborate tricks. We can't do a single thing. <laughs> no. We're useless. Yeah, there's another key to that. Big quarter pipes help. True. Mm. Mm. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break, talk to you guys about Sunbum. Now, sun care is year-round, so don't forget about winter. You can still get roasted out there. Another cool thing about Sunbum is they got a killer team of ambassadors. They got Parker Zoom. They got Steppy Luxton, Jed Anderson, Blake Paul, Jill Perkins, B-Fox. They're supporting really, really rad people in snowboarding and our show, so if you're thinking about getting some sunscreen, pick up some Sunbum. I run the Mineral Stick. It's this little, it looks like a little glue stick. It's SPF 50. You keep it in your pocket when you're snowboarding and uh, keeps yourself from getting roasted. They also got a full line of skincare, hair care, lip care, kids, and baby SPF. I actually got the shampoo. I keep it in the lettuce. It keeps the lettuce flowing nicely. You know what I mean, Silk? We keep that lettuce flowing. And if you've seen Blake Paul's lettuce, I mean, that guy, he rides for Sunbum. I'm sure he's using it. That guy's got a great head of hair. So if you're thinking about getting some Sunbum, uh, head to your local skate surf or snow shop or you can buy it online at sunbum.com and you can use promo code the bombhole all caps for 15% off again sunbum.com promo code the bombhole and get 15% off your order all right we're going to take a quick break and talk to you guys about yeti we run the yeti water bottles here at the bombhole they got great coffee cups they support the show uh, it's no secret they got some of the best gear out there. But now if you're up in the mountains and you need a lightweight water bottle, they got the new Yonder water bottle. It's about 50% lighter than their insulated Rambler water bottles, but it's still the same Yeti toughness that we know and love. The best part, they've got them in four different sizes. So you can pack the bottle perfectly for your adventure. Stay hydrated out there in the mountains. And uh, know you got a good product doing it. So check out Yeti. Head on over to Yeti.com. All right, we also totally derailed from our uh, guest question from Bodie Merrill, uh, two-time Rider of the War- Rider of the Year winner. Uh, he asked about better feeling barrel. What was the question? Uh, something like, "What's better feeling, like getting a barrel or getting a clip, mm-hmm. or like the, a, a clip bat. that you fought for?" Yeah, and I'm gonna say hands down the clip that you fought for. Mm. Thank you. For sure. That's on brand for the podcast. Good answer, because if you said the other one, you might be in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, barrel feels good, but like hard work, sweat, fucking shoveling, like getting whatever clip you're trying to get. And I'm sure it's like that for everybody in their respected sports. Yeah. Doesn't matter. That's like what we shoot for. Have you gotten a barrel? Mm. Yeah. 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 We got a lot of barrels. You've gotten barrels. A lot of barrels. Yeah, okay. Of barrels. Oh, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm unfamiliar to your like actual level of surfing. So, I, I mean, that was a valid question. Yeah, we get we get barrels. Nice. I've That's always it. wanted a barrel, but you've just oh. made me realize I don't actually need one because yeah, I've yeah. already done the cooler answer. Yeah, for sure. Just okay go get a clip. Yeah. Just go get a clip. I'm instead. just gonna go clip instead. Yeah, skip the barrel. You don't need yeah. the barrel. Yeah. Thank you for that. When's your la- where was your last barrel experience? Last barrel was probably like last week Woo! or something. Woo! <laughs> Regular barreler. Yeah. Oregon coast. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 on the Oregon coastline. Sweet, summertime, north wind. We're fucking at. great. Secret break? Secret break. This is north, place south. I filmed this clip. I'm just kidding. 
<laughs> a city that we're not allowed to tell you until like two years when we write the interview about it. Right. Right. Was Fair. it a left or a right? It's a left. I'm goofy footer. So you're on your heel edge. Toe I'm edge. on my toe edge. Yeah. Oh, you're on your toe. Oh, yeah. So you're yep. going. Yep. Okay. Yeah, we're looking for lefts. Yeah. We're looking for lefts. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's a rip and easier to uh, yeah stall into them and yeah come around whatever. See where you're going. Yeah. How's the localism in the Oregon breaks? You getting the sh- you getting your leash cut and you getting stabbed stabbed out there at all, or is it pretty chill? There's places where you get your leash cut and get stabbed for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's all whatever. Like it's all it's like same shit. You don't just like walk up to like Grizzly fucking Gulch or whatever and just show up there and like with, like no beacon or nothing. Like somebody's gonna be like, "Yo, get the fuck out of here." It's like same concept, you know. Like, if you know what you're doing and you're being safe and you're being respectful, like, everybody around you is aware of that. And, yeah, you might get a little shit for being somewhere you shouldn't be or that you're not used to, that they're not used to seeing you. But if you're, you know, you're playing your cards right, you're doing all the etiquette, then, like, nobody's going to really fuck with you. But get some shit. They'll break your ego down. Could you hand plant a wave? Now, I I think you can (laughs) because you have so much throw, right? And if you hook in right... And use that throw like you just need to use the white water if you palm it and then push against it to pull yourself back in. Like you have some resistance, right? They do like, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's how like Jay Adams did the first frontside invert because the frontside invert originally comes, well, every, all, every pool skating comes from surfing and all the turns and all the things that they do and all these vertical things, putting their hands down, like all comes from surfing, lead hand going over a light and stuff like that. Like, that stuff is the same thing as surfing. So mm-hmm. if you go and watch Dane Reynolds and, I mean, heaps of other people, like, they're doing, like, pretty much this frontside invert to fakie. And it's insane. They oh, pre-grab. Like Miller, Miller flip deal. Kind yeah, of they Miller, Miller flip. Yeah. Okay. And that's, like, I'm, I I've mean, seen that. I would say that the that would probably came first, maybe. I don't know. I can't really. See, I'm uh, thinking you grab, like, a like a buoy type of situation. <laughs> plant you, a buoy. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, you Or, like, a floaty. Mm-hmm. Or like a pier pillar. Yes, and then you're, well, well, I'm saying you know you're holding on to a buoyant object. Oh, so you're, when you it's plant, with you. it's with you. You can actually. So you have a floaty. Yeah. Yep. You don't give Red Bull any ideas. Dude. <laughs> they just come out of nowhere and they're like, "Yo, all right, you're gonna skydive to the fucking hand plant on the wave, and then you're gonna jib your way out of there." And it's a surfing <laughs> hand plant contest. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I mean, I'm maybe a dumb lie. question, I but I think it's doable. We're kooks, Jeremy. I guess these yeah, we're kooks in the surf world. Me too. We all are. We're all kooks. Fair we're enough. Gonna, we got a quest, question from none other than Ted Borland. Here we go. Hey, Eric, and everyone else in there. Ted here with a quick rambling guest question. Can we talk a little bit about your balance? And uh, we're talking career-wise here because I admire your professionalism. How do you find balance in your snowboard career, doing everything you do? Do you feel the need to be doing more than just filming clips? Because you could just do that, you know? That's what most people do. I'm sure you guys are going to talk about all these things, so uh, I guess that's my question. How do you find balance within your career? And does it have anything to do with surfing in the Northwest, having to be patient while you drive around for hours looking at cold-ass waves that aren't working? And one more side question, does surfing help your balance on a snowboard? Okay, thanks, guys. Excited to tune in. Bye. Um, life balance, snowboard balance, work balance. Um, yeah, I think be, yeah, I think about it all the time. Like, man, it would be sick to just like film video parts and just do that kind of stuff. And I would love to do it. 
Um, but there's so much more for these brands that we work with and there's so much more leeway to do more for our community and, and, and snowboarding as a whole and skiing and outdoor recreation in general. Um, so I feel, I don't know, just looking at it in the bigger picture, like I'm like, I could try to just do it all at the same time and maybe I'm going to roll over and die every now and then and feel like I'm swamped. But that, you know, if you, if, if you like have good values and you align yourself with the right people in specifically like your sponsors and they'll know that you're working really hard and that you're doing your best. So they're going to give you a little leeway for sure. So there is some, there's some balance in there and that a lot of it comes from my peers at the brands that I partner with. So shout out to them. If I'm not always there responding right away and whatever, um, cause I'm hoping fingers crossed I get a fucking clip today, but I will respond tonight at 10 AM or tomorrow at 6 AM or whatever, like getting the job done. But yeah, I mean, overall, I think there's a bigger picture. Like dude, you're, like every single sponsor that you ride for is willing to like make donations to nonprofits. It helps so much. And you can be the driving force as an athlete to navigate that and help them do that, you know, in your own way. And yeah, there might be a lot of, you might have to jump a lot of hoops and you might have to be working a lot while you're trying to get clipped up or something or, or film a movie or a video part or a trip or whatever. But it's so worth it. So sick. Yeah. Killer. And then he had part two, which was balance on... Uh, Surfing. Does it help your does balance? Does it help your like, life balance and your sn- physical balance? Um, dude, snowboarding helps my surfing, if anything. It's like, mm. for sure. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's snowboarding over surfing any day. Like, everything... Like, I grew up, yeah, like going and like learning in Newport and stuff like that. So I kind of like started surfing and snowboarding at the same time, but obviously I I accelerated in snowboarding before surfing. And I refound my love for surfing later in life after like I'd already established kind of this like lifelong passion for snowboarding. So I was able to just like inlay like bottom turns, like toe turns and heel turns and, and um, into surfing and snowboarding. Like I'm sure that anybody like the people that transition really well, like my mouth violin and stuff like that, like can tell you like a proper toe turn on like a good wave and a proper heel turn on like the top of a, um, on a good wave is like the same thing as like smacking something like on a blow, like a perfect blower day or something, you know, or like good, like good, perfect corduroy. Fuck. But the corduroy and the blower day are still better. Yeah, I mean, that's what we're eating, you know? Like, we want to do, like, yeah, because you're just like, every time you go surfing, you're like, I'm just trying to emulate what I do on a snowboard. You mm. know, like, I want to throw a bucket as high as I can on a snowboard. And then you go snowboard and throw a bucket, and you're just like, fuck. That was like as good as it gets. Like, dude, like, what do you do? Like, do you, like, when somebody's filming a toe turn, like, do you watch the rooster tail or do you watch the style? Like, I don't know. Both of them are sick. It's like, same thing, mm. you know? That's I don't know. That's where I'm at. That's the right answer, actually. Yeah, fuck roost. So sick, killer. Was there a third part to that question? I'm just trying to run. Remember. It's no, it was mostly balance. The surfing, yeah. yeah the okay. life balance, snowboard balance between work. Surfing. Question, question though, with the surfing and back foot and front foot, like, do they translate 
you know, with front foot dominant, back foot dominant, is you know, is one more front foot dominant, one more back foot dominant? Um, yeah, for sure. Surfing is like back foot dominant. I feel like when you're surfing like a like a nice high performance wave, like you're really surfing on like fucking three feet of snow surfboard. Like on like the super steep sections and whatever. So I guess it'd say like definitely back foot dominant, but watch like Brock Crouch or whatever those dudes like surf like the people that have like front foot dominant styles, obviously from snowboarding, like have these advantages in certain positions and doing certain things on a surfboard. Like Judd, mm. Judd Hankies, you've seen him. He looks like he's hitting a snowboard quarter pipe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like there's advantages to being front foot heavy where like the people that are born and raised surfing don't have, right? Because they're back foot heavy. Reverts mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's funny things. I don't know. Yes. That's cool. Uh, it's cool That's to think cool. about. Mm-hmm. Um you know, going back to to the art of the carve too, like you have this fin. Like there, there is a bit of a different turn in surf because your your fin is kind of like the thing hooking you in. Mm-hmm. Whereas it, on a snowboard, it's a heel edge. Mm-hmm. Do you ever think about the differences between that, mm-hmm. or is it all just pretty intuitive? It's all intuitive for sure. I think it's like pretty similar. I, I think it is completely similar. Okay. Like I don't know. I think, and I think like once you get Jerry on the show, you know, like. Jerry Lopez? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. he's like the dude, like, you, like, open up a surfing mag, and it's, like, him snowboarding, and it's, like, the closest thing to surfing. It's, like, whatever. Oh, do you say that? Yeah. Like oh, a, cool. Like a, like, full-on double page on Surfer's Journal or something. I was, like, man, it's pretty fucking sick. But it, it's crazy, though, because the, the board on a, sur- a surf, surfboard is shaped like a more of a jelly bean. That's your side cuts actually out. Mm-hmm. And then your sur- on your snowboard, your side cuts in, right? Mm-hmm. So... It's weird that they act the same, kind of. Because if you're on a toe edge and you're actually you're using that fin, essentially as what the side cut produces mm-hmm. on the snowboard, and the rail's not really, what's it doing? Like the rail. The rail for surfing on a surfboard. Well, that that's the funny thing is like you can actually as you rub your hand down like a like a like a performance surfboard like it, it's shaped differently as you go down. So like. The, closer to the tail you're going to have a harder edge mm. which is going to emulate more of a snowboard effective driving edge just sharper is what you're yeah yeah exactly it goes from like like a right angle or whatever like or just like it obviously isn't um but like it just starts to round out more you know as you get closer to the nose or whatever you know so like you uh-huh. like can rub your hand down a rail and be like okay like the hard edge starts here and then it starts to engage all the way to the tail. So, like, sometimes boards have, like, hard edges, like, this long, this long, this long, you know? Okay. Whatever. And, like, you really feel that on the surfboard. Dude, it's crazy. Makes like, total sense. Yeah. Once, like, it all computes and connects, it's just, like, oh, on my snowboard, like, my turn would release here. And then on a surfboard, you're, like, my, I can make my turn release to that point because mm. I know that I can do it on a snowboard. It's mm. fucking sick. That's it's so sick. cool to, like, just do it all because, like, yeah, if you can, like, connect it all and do it all, like, you're like, dude, this is the same fucking thing. Kind of want to surf, It's so man. fun, yeah. It's cool. When off-season, like, dude, going to hood after surfing for a full week or something is fucking sick. Mm-hmm. You're like, dude, what? Or they like going somewhere and get to it. It's just, like, so fun. And mm-hmm. surfing, there's something cool, too, because you're in the water. It's especially Oregon coast. It's cold. Mm-hmm. It feels almost meditative in the sense there's no chairlifts or nobody. You're probably not even talking that much of your hoods up and everything. Like mm-hmm. there's this kind of it's it almost feels a little more meditative than snowboarding to me. Yeah, a little. It's it's very much like touring. 
You know, like, I know how much you love touring. <laughs> I see you out there. <laughs> I see I, you out there. Low-key, I actually love it, but I also love making fun of it, so yeah. I, I don't want that taken from me. You yeah. know what yeah. I mean? No, awesome. Anyway, continue. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, pretty much the same thing. You're just working for it, and it's, mm-hmm. like, it's cool because you're just combating with yourself internally, and it's very quiet. So mm-hmm. it's, like, a quiet place where you get to battle with yourself, and it's pretty cool. I don't know, because you're just, like, I got to work so fucking hard to eat. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got to eat, mm-hmm. bro. Like, I need this right now. It's like when you're skinning, like or whatever, you're just like going up the hill, and you're just like, I want to rip, like I want to rip that, like so hard. I gotta fucking eat, like I need that. Mm-hmm. It's like same concept, you know. So it's like this, yeah, meditative, in snowboarding and everything, like w- like thinking about your core temperature, thinking about how you're breathing, like everything. It's the same fucking thing. Mm. Do you like the cold water surf? For sure. Yeah, it's sick. It's nice. Cold cold same. water rules. You guys cold plunge, right? You guys put it on Instagram. I like I cold water. I'm just kidding. Yeah, usually I uh, well, you can't actually cold plunge unless you post it on Instagram. It actually doesn't work. It's true. I don't know yeah. if you knew that. It's you have to post about it, or else it doesn't actually have the effect. Mm-hmm. It has no effect unless you share it. Yeah, it's true. Dude, we should actually Yeti. Shout out to Yeti. They're the best. Um, they have like these massive coolers, and um, you can just like use those as a cold plunge. Mm. Like, coolers the size of, like, this whole back area, bro. We should just get one here. Yeah, we'll hit him up. You want to do a Yeti jam? I want to do – I've wanted to do a Yeti jam, like a rail jam, mm-hmm. but it's all – all the features are their big Yetis, and you just have to move them around, so it's like the modular Yeti jam. That's such a good Can idea. Can you help me do that? I'll yeah. just pitch the idea. You have the connections? Let's go. Yeah, we'll – yeah. We'll we got the Double plug. pitch. The yeah, plug. the fatty Yeti's begging for a back – nose press back one. Yeah, the lid yeah, – like, one, sure. the oh, lid's dude, up on one, so you're, up. like – Boxing you can also and like up to the lid. You can also put them down like up so you can like j- make jammies and stuff. Mm. Wallies. Yeti Jam TM. Yeah. Wow, mm. it's trademark. Look for that coming out soon. All right, let's talk core. Let's talk core. Why don't you uh we got we got a Patreon question about core? Yeah. We got a Patreon question from Benny Pellegrino. He says, "Eric, what is the most rewarding part about running core?" Maybe before that, explain what core is. Yeah. All right, all right. So core, um, core is man. Core goes so deep, bro. <laughs> um, core, core is this thing I started with all of my sponsors. So basically, I had opportunity to create signature products with my partner sponsor that I've been with forever, um, and I had learned through the process of creating signature products is what they typically do is connect your name to a product at a hundred dollars and then you get a fat, uh, you get a fat royalty out of it. Um, and I was like, okay, cool. Like that's how it goes. All right. Um, and I was kind of in this process and I was like battling with myself internally. I was like, I just don't think that's right. Like from personally for me, because like when I was in that position, like I really wanted like the John Cooley, like Santa Cruz, like cookie monster board and that thing was like way too outpriced for somebody like me like I didn't grow up with a lot of financial stability um and so I figured that if I had the opportunity to shape and the the price point of my snowboard then I'm going to do everything that I can for that and then the next step I was like well if we're already doing that then we might as well tie in to sustainable steps and everything that we do So, and then highlight that, you know, because I'm aware that wherever our products are being made are affecting other places, um, unless they're being, you know, made in U.S. or stuff like that. Like some of our products made in Vietnam, some of our stuff is made in Dubai, 
Um, and understanding that if we're not using like sustainable materials, then we're actually affecting somebody else's environment, even though we're not paying attention to it because we're not near it. Mm. And then our final step is to, uh, raise awareness for like the, the snowboard community and outdoor recreation community. So, uh, what we're doing is we're hosting activations across the United States and raising money for nonprofits like snow days or shred or, uh, you know, Vermont Adaptive or Osceola Skate Park, things like that. Um, CORE is abbreviated for Community Outreach Riding Equipment. So, yeah, that's, Killer. that's my thing. I love that. And then Benny asked, what's the most rewarding part of the whole thing? Um, the re- most rewarding part, I think my favorite part of a CORE rail gym, I mean, everything is my favorite about it, but um, is when I get the riders meeting together. Everybody surrounds up, and they're just like, what are we doing? We're, like, frothing out the mouth. How do we win free stuff, and how do we kill it? And I'm, like, everybody's stoked on the setup because we got a sick setup from all of our park crews that we partner with. And then I'm, like, hey, like, roundtable, let's do it. This is how the jam works. And I explain that in order to win or be one of the top five winners of the event, there's no first, there's no last, you have to leave the best imprint on your community around you like and then i lead it as an example as in when i was a kid zach hale was nice enough to like hang out with me right and like ride with me for like a day and that left like a lasting imprint on me for the rest of my life i always said man like when i grow up i want to be as cool as zach hale was to me and like and then i leave that just saying hey these these impacts these things that you do in this place that we love will leave an impact on somebody's life forever so, like, if you know how to board slide and you see so-and-so over there learning how to board slide and you have pointers to give, like, we're going to recognize that and we're going we're gonna to write that down for the end. And if, if you're the dude that does, like, switchback twos and crazy 360s on and, that, and you're not really communicating, hanging out, like, not high-fiving, like, we're going to be like, damn, that's sick. Like, keep progressing snowboarding, but, like, you know, we're going to maybe hook up homie that's, like, helping the little kids on the boxes and stuff. And, like, you watch their shoulders go from, like, like super tense to just, like, drop down and, like, relax. And then everybody just starts smiling. And then just, like, everybody high fives. And then the rest of the day goes on, like, insane. It's buck. It's, it's like, that's probably my favorite part. Like a character-building event. Mm-hmm. That's like dope. Community nurturing and, wow, what a great concept. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So how many stops have you done on the on the? So you, you know, part of the core initiative is is these rail jam type deals. So how many stops have you guys done? Um, I think maybe thirteen. Damn. In the, in the last couple of years, yeah. Because pandemic two, three came years, in. Or two years, two yeah. three years, three years. <laughs> One in Wisconsin because it's pretty loose. Um, during the pandemic times. Um, yeah, I think thirteen. Yeah. Nice. Sounds about right. Yeah, I'm kind of losing count now. But. So so to just my my brain wonders like. To get you there, were you ever at a point where you're like, all right, I'm a pro snowboarder, and I'm doing these video parts for me, and I'm doing all my sponsor obligations for me, but I'm still unfulfilled? Is that part of the process, or are you just more like, I want to nurture this community? Community is important to me. Um, Yeah, I think it was more of like, I finally like hit this point where like, I was like, you know, the, the ultimate goal is to get a signature product. Like you can film like a pro video part and like you're like really good and people know that you're pro or you get announced pro. But the second you get a signature product, it's like getting announced pro is like number one, right? And then number two is getting a signature product that like is like the, that like time stamps you no matter what and whatever era you're in. And like, 
you're like, that's it. And when that happened, I, I just saw that there was like kind of flaws in the system. Um, and I thought a lot about like, like who helped me get to this point throughout my entire life. And like, who was I, you know, like who was I at a certain point in my life? Like, 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 how can I say, like when I was a kid, um, deep cut going into growing up big bear, riding, doing stuff like there's so much about big bear. We haven't dived into it, but we'll go back. I was just like little dude, whatever, like been filming with Kyle. We did Jupiter people just like having fun, kind of started getting hooked up with AB. Um, and yeah, I was wearing all AB stuff and then like, Brandon Phillips, OG, running the um, 32 stuff was hooking me up. And then I was riding Academy snowboards um, and getting hooked up from uh, Chicken. Um, and uh, basically, I was 15. I couldn't, like, couldn't really afford to, like, do much. Like, I was just, like, scratching food and stuff like that. And then, um, like, was breaking snowboards. And I couldn't afford to buy another snowboard from Academy, even though they were, like, half off. Um, and they were, like, fronting me snowboards, so I would, like, break snowboards that they fronted me, and then I couldn't pay them back because I didn't have enough money and I wasn't old enough to get a job. Um, and this local snowboard shop called Get Boards um, in Big Bear, like, they're like, hey, come on by, like, check check out, like, our, like, come into the shop, and they, they're like, our old rental fleets are, like, from boards from, like, years ago, you know, like, I, and then they're like, take whatever you want and just, like, go ride, and, like, just keep filming, you just, like, keep doing it, and just, like, ride and do the Sunday in the parks and stuff like that, and so I did, so I rode, like, a Sam, uh, Solomon Acid for, like, two weeks and kept filming with Kyle and Jupiter people and then did some, like, Sunday in the Park stuff, and then, and then Ian Sams was just like, hey, like, the Arbor team's coming to town, like, do you want an Arbor board? And I was like, yeah, like I need an Arbor board. And they're like, cool, we're going to give you a board. You have to ride in this contest, you know, whatever. And then we can dive into that later, but that led to me being on Arbor. And that has me thinking like all the way back to the beginning, like the only reason that I was able to maintain snowboarding throughout that like short period of time was because of community. Right. And then, and then I think like, what if there's somebody else that's in my shoes doing the same thing? Like, who would I be to, like, raise the price of, like, a board that costs $350? You know, just for my own benefit? Like, to be honest, no. Uh, like, I wouldn't do that. I'm not going to be a millionaire off of snowboarding. So, like, what's, like, a little bit of change, you know, like, out of my bank or whatever? Like, and what's more, like, it, like, creating more community? Like, obviously, snowboarding will benefit off the growth of snowboarding. So, like, I want to focus my energy into that. Respect. Thanks, Doc. Thanks, Jared. Dude. I want to hear you keep talking. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm captivated Same. by, by this, like, yeah. the, keep your, your perspective <laughs> because it's – I like that you're introspective about the whole thing. And you, your ethos is that you, you want to make it affordable for kids because of your experience. And I just think that's special and needed. And I needed to hear it. How's Arbor's response to that when you – when you kind of bring that to the table because I mean there's money money getting cut from there mm -hmm. them as well when you when you move into that process so curious how they I mean clearly they support it now but yeah there's initiation phase for oh, sure. oh for sure yeah it was like a year like there was like a year um 
where I was just like, yo, I got this core thing. Like, I really want Arbor to, like, do it because I'm doing with Air Blaster and stuff, you know? Like, I want to, I want to, like, get this in with Arbor because it's perfect. Like, fucking perfect. Like, Arbor is, like, la- like, when I first seen Arbor in magazines, it was labeled, like, the most sustainable brand of, like, 2007 in Snowboarder Mag. I was like, well, was like, what the fuck is sustainability? You know, like, this is perfect. Like, we can tie this together. And they were all kind of like, yo, like, all right, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. And then, and then they were like, okay, let's do it. And I was like, cool. They're like, we're thinking, like, 420 for the relapse with your name on it. And I was like, nah, like, let's go 360. And they're just yeah. like, what are you talking about? I was like, no, let's do it. They're like, you want to drop the price of your board? And I was like, yeah, let's make it affordable so that everybody can go snowboarding. And let's prove a point that it's just because it's affordable doesn't mean it's going to break because professional snowboarders ride it. It's like, it's pretty easy. And then they were kind of just like, it was like pulling teeth for a little bit. And then like, yeah, a year later come, like you got like all the reps at the sales meeting. be like, yo, I sold so many of the boards because it was so affordable and so like non-committal for the brand, for the shops to like step up to this dollar point and like commit to it. Um, and I was like, high five, we did it. Like we and then then Arby's like, what's next? And I'm like, let's go. Let's start like funding events. Let's start, let's go in, you know. Man, nice job, nice work. Like holding to it and pushing because that's that's admirable. That's a dope play in snowboarding. From my perspective, that that's a dope move. So respect to like sticking it through and seeing it through and then expanding on it too. Dude, thank you, Jeremy. I mean. I mean, hearing that coming from you, like thinking about like if I was like 11 years old, think, like you could say that to me, I'd fucking lose it. Like, yeah, right. Thank you. So, yeah. Let's talk Arbor while we're on the subject too, because I know you're the, are you the longest running team member? I am. Damn. I am. I've, um, I was the last addition to Arbor's like um, new marketing structure that Brad Farmer had brought on to the program back in the day. We brought Nick Visconti, Curtis Woodman, Ian Sands, Eli Weiner, Austin Young. Um, yeah, um, there was a couple others. Oh, um, Joe, Joe Boz, Joe Bosler up in Washington. Um, Scotty Vine? Yes, Scotty Vine. Scotty Vine. Yep. Scotty Vine. Yeah, Scott Vine, because he's from my region as well. Um, Crestline. Scotty Vine's from Crestline. Um, so was Ian Sands. Yeah, so I was the last edition. So, dude, I was watching some videos. I was in the wormhole. We're doing some research. Like, you flew out to the rainforest somewhere, and you were like planting trees for Arbor. Oh yeah, yeah. We uh, we have this thing called returning roots. So basically, we have been. Dude, there's so much to dive in on Arbor Snowboards. It's so sick. Um, yeah, like the original owner Bob, and then his friend who had recently passed. So rest in peace and shout out. Um, they basically were like working with a I hope I'm not botching much of it, but from what I'm recollecting right now, um, they were working on like building furniture and they were like doing stuff. Obviously, like it goes to show they um, Bob wanted to create snowboards and then his friend had a resource to a koa forest, uh, like uh, a regenerative koa forest in um, in Hawaii mainland or Big Island. Um, and so the concept was like to go use this like regenerative wood that's like, or like it's cool to take and, and replace and whatever. Um, and the idea of it behind it was that like Koa is, let's just start with like Hawaiians started surfing for everything. Like they went from canoes and then they started to stand up 
ride the waves in, and they eventually turned into surfboards. And then surfboards then turned into skateboards, and then skateboards, and then evolved into having snowboards. And the birth of all of our board sports comes from Hawaii. And those those canoes that they had built were built out of koa wood. Now, koa is like 100% like, like sustainable in a sense that it doesn't give off carbon emissions when it dies, or in a sense, like it doesn't, uh, God, how can I say, like when it decomposes, it doesn't off gas. Doesn't leak. Yeah, it doesn't like, it doesn't take away from the force. It actually gives back mm. to the force. So it's like fully regenerative. Like it just is a full circle. So Arbor's initiative, returning roots, is to donate a portion of all their proceeds back to the Koa rainforest and rebuilding it. And back in the day when we were settling on the big island in Hawaii, people were bringing cattle there and just planting eucalyptus and just ripping that place apart and just like completely restructuring the on the island and when you restructure the island like that you restructure the climate and everything you just it's like a micro micro ecosystem that you can just uh, completely fuck up and so arbor's goal is to give back and, and help support the right companies to create a regenerative koa forest so yeah i went back with arbor and it's my first time to hawaii ever uh, and we planted uh we planted like 50 koa trees and we're about like our whole brand in a whole since we've been donating since like uh, is about uh, 600,000. Damn. Yeah. It's it's pretty insane. Pretty insane. Beautiful. Rad. Yeah. Awesome information. I didn't know that. Damn, what yeah. a great informative ride I was just <laughs> on right there too. Totally. With the all the way back from the the canoes to where we are now and mm-hmm. great great full circle. Yeah. Deal with yeah. Arbor. That's so cool. Yeah, shout out Arbor. I mean, shout out Bob. Carlson and, and everybody that's been a part of that, that or Bob is the original owner, still in the office all the time. He's the best. Yeah, I love that dude. Like so much, so much love for him. And yeah, thank you for just accepting me even when I was 15, 16 years old, little shithead, you know, and to support me to this day and, you know, see him every, every year, multiple times. And it's like straight up family and like, yeah, couldn't couldn't be couldn't see myself anywhere else to be honest. Like after, mm. now, so good to hear. Now going back to um, you know tying back to Arbor with the the cheaper goods, do you feel somebody explained to me that you want you know core kind of ideals to transfer to inspire other snowboarders to make their their boot cheap um, or their gear their signature whatever it is cheaper? Uh, is that kind of what you hope to see is like more people following suit saying, Hey, I want, I want cheaper gear available for kids besides just yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, my perfect ideal of what I think core could become and what I would eventually want it to become, but I put no pressure on anybody or on anything, but I would love to see it shared throughout like a brand. It's kind of like how, um, how when you would go into a snowboard shop and you would see the Transworld good word sticker. Yes. And like core would be the same sticker that would live on snowboards from brand to brand and be adopted by the professional athletes that represent the brand and that truly value these like kind of motives, you know, and giving back to their community where they grew up and focusing on sustainability and then possibly making that one product that they're tied to affordable so the general public can purchase it. Um, that, that would be my overall, like, that's like my big pipe dream. I think about it all the time and I like would like, 
Yeah, that's what I would eventually would love to see. Just so you walk into a snowboard shop and you're like, oh, like that's core. Like core came to my resort and like they donated to like this group. And now I volunteer my time to help those kids snowboard for their first time. And I'm just seeing like all together. Like, I want to support that. You know, like it's it's so crazy. Like core is so it's like small, but you like ask them people that maybe it, it has affected over the last couple of years. And it, there's like an impact. And it's super cool. And, like, you can really see that. Like, people are going to go and become consumers and and focus their time and energy into people that are giving back to their community and focusing on them, you know? Certified affordable sticker. Core certified affordable. Dude. The new Goodwood, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it becomes a standard. Exactly. Man, I love your dreams. I love your your ambition. Man, inspiring. Thank you, yeah. Um. I would love to have, I've, I've been reached out to by skiers. I've been reached out to by climbers, like all stuff about like possibly doing collabs. So is, is it a nonprofit? Did you go through the loopholes to figure out all that stuff? No, I'm like, I've been meaning to like cr- make core a foundation, but the balance is off. Mm. <laughs> I'm just so slammed. Um, so right now I do, you know, I, I jump through the loopholes and I make it all work, but pretty much I, I just donate to the nonprofits. Like I raise all the money in cash and do all these stuff. And then I just like either will just like directly send it from my account or like whatever, or put it into the bank and then put, and then just like do the whole transfer, just the little man, you know? And like, and then sometimes I can get the brands to donate, you know, uh, for every stop, which can be really cool. Sick. So it's like, a, it's almost like you're like an advocacy group in mm-hmm. a sense, you know, but dude, that, that shit's going to get too big. You're going to have to, you're going to have to make a nonprofit soon. So you, you're not having to fucking Venmo <laughs> 20 grand to a goddamn, <laughs> it's, it's you know true. what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I like it. I mean, not everything has to be a, a foundation or a nonprofit to, to serve the community in an epic way, you know, and that's, that's what you're doing and providing. So in that respect, it's like in in that foundationally in that same zone yeah yeah i mean it's like if there's a will there's a way like you can do it just fucking put your head down shut up and just do it and mm-hmm. it's gonna happen like you're gonna run into road you're gonna run into bumps and things aren't gonna be right and your taxes are gonna look like shit but fuck it <laughs> i like the, i like the ready fire aim technique i do too you know what <laughs> i mean like we're gonna. We got it. We got this. We're we we're not all dialed in. You know, it's perfect. It's just perfect. Yeah. Confidence, yeah. And and the uh, the thing that's really cool about you know with the event stuff, it's just like, you know, thinking about when I was a kid and meeting a pro, and you know, I've I've had some really great experiences that have changed the entire course of my life because a pro has been cool to me. You know, and inversely, when a cool pro's been dick, I've been I still hate this one particular guy to this day. You know, and because he, you know, but, but like you're, you're, it's really cool that there's kids that might be on the cusp of learning how to snowboard and they go to your thing and they're like, I'm fucking in. And like, I love the question we talk about on the show all the time is how do we take people that snowboard, they have a snowboard or maybe they don't, or they, but like, let's just say there's a lot of people that own snowboards that go once or twice a year. How do you take that person and you make them become a snowboarder like that that they identify like this is my shit this is what i do Mm -hmm. i know the characters i know the resorts i know the brands i know whose style i like i know who the characters and the tricks and the the you know how do you get invested in the culture and i think what you're doing is 
exactly what needs to happen to get our culture, our sport, whatever you want to call it, to go where it needs to. Yeah, I mean, there's like so many different ways, but if you just, if you think of a way, just do it, <laughs> like whatever. Like the worst thing that happens is that you fail like 50 times and then like you'll succeed at some point, but mm -hmm. you'll see some, you'll see change. Like just, if you have an idea, like Jeff Hulse was like, I want to make an event at Brighton and he hit me up and he was like, maybe we can like collab and stuff like that. I was like, it sounds like you have like your own idea here. Like you should just run as fast as you can with it and just do it. And it was successful. It was huge. Like, that's all you have to do. Like, that little bit made an imprint on so many other people, you know. Good mentoring there, too, on your part. Oh, thanks. Thanks, yeah. I mean, Point the directions, you know. Yeah. When people come with good stuff, sometimes that's all it takes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's – we got a lot of good phone calls. And just, like, just tell people to do what, like, my parents allowed me to do and, and just, like, follow your dreams and work hard for it. That's it. All right, we're going to take a quick break and talk to you guys about Bubs Naturals. Big, exciting news. Bubs has some new branding. It's looking clean. And my favorite product that they just came out with uh, that I'm thoroughly enjoying, use it on a daily basis, is the Bubs Hydrate or Dye Packs. Uh, it's all natural, all great ingredients. Uh, I like the lemon-lime yellow one. Freaking chug twice as much water because of that, and it hydrates you much quicker. So, um, you know, if you're looking to get hydrated, check out some Bubs Hydrate or Die, bubsnaturals.com. What else do you, what do you hit, Jones? I hit the collagen. It's my go-to. Love the hydration. You know, that's a new move for them. But that collagen's a staple. Keeps my bones growing, keeps staying strong. Joints move really smooth. So I stay true. Mm -hmm. And for the listeners that don't know, Jones broke both his legs and an avalanche had to get another surgery, right? You had to get two surgeries. I did. And so you're, again, going through the rehab process, and, and collagen's a huge supporter for that, right? Major supporter. Cool. Yeah. We're back because of it. Love that. And if you're interested in supporting Bubs Naturals, you can go to bubsnaturals.com and use promo code BOMBHOLE, and you'll get 20% off your order. Again, bubsnaturals.com. Use promo code BOMBHOLE for 20% off your order. Also, 10% of uh, all profits go to charity with Bubs. Another good thing I forgot to mention. Mm -hmm. All right, we're going to take a quick break and talk to you guys about Icon Pass. The good stuff is coming. They got pass options for all. Now, they got the Icon Session Pass starting at only $279 adult. The Icon Pass Session 2-day, 3-day, and 4-day pass options offer a range of affordable entry types for all types of riders. They got the Icon Base Pass that has limited blackout days across most of the 50-plus mountains. And then they have the Icon Pass. And, of course, only the Icon Pass provides the most access in most mountains with no blackout dates. They got over 178,000 skiable acres across more than 50 destinations worldwide. That includes 10 countries. And, of course, in North America, we got Mammoth, Palisades, Aspen, Snowmass, Winter Park, Copper, Snowbird, Jackson Hole, and more. So, the last day to save on the 23-24 the season pass is October 12th. Prices are going up soon, so get your Icon Pass before it's too late. Let's hit a salt to get back into it. Silk, do you want to start us off with a salt? How do you feel about that? I'd be happy to. Yeah. <coughs> wow. <coughs> Sequential salting. Oh, oh. oh wow. 
That's strong, yeah. <coughs> oh, wow. Oh, that's a good batch. Yeah, we actually sourced that from a regenerative regenerative for- rainforest. Oh. When it feels like oh. the lining of your nose is wet, <laughs> means you got a really good hit. I felt that in the back of my head. Oh, Silk, too. Silk, can we have you put the sunglasses on? Is that okay? Are you done? Because I just feel yeah. I feel more comfortable. Yeah, here, it's know. part of my job. Yeah, polarized so you can't wow. see the screen. Yes. Yeah, now we're back. Yeah, now we're back. It's anti-glare technology. <laughs> 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 All right, let's let's run it back, Eric. Because earlier you were talking about you're like we'll go back to this, but I want to contest a bear. So so now let's let's go back to that. Yeah. Um. So bear is. For those people who don't know, it's like, fuck, the sickest snowboard park in California, all, all like, and was and is, forever. Um, I'm so fortunate to grow up and and ride that. Like, I didn't know until I left Bear that not every snowboard resort is like that. Like, I was pretty young, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, I filmed. I kind of want to deep dive into some crazy stuff. So like even Meyer will think about this. Like, okay. So my first snowboard video I ever saw was, uh, kind of, or no big deal. If mm-hmm. anybody knows that, um, Joe Carlino and, uh, Justin Meyer made it. Um, yeah. Carlino dude. So much, stuff, so much stuff from, from those days and just knowing all this stuff. I was young, you know, they were coming in, they were doing their thing. By the time I started filming in Sundays, like, Joe was already doing like big production stuff, like with big snowboarding. And then um, Justin had just started videographs and stuff like that. Um, when I was like, I was like a little kid, I was all like, I dressed like Bradshaw. Like, Bradshaw is my favorite rider. And still to this day, he's like my favorite rider. Like, I don't care. Chris, he's the shit. I never got to actually know him like super personally, but he took me snowboarding. Like, we were, he would, he would allow me to ride the lift with him. And, like, he would let me follow him, and, like, we would, like, do that. You know, he was a good, like, mentor on the hill, but we never was, like, extremely personal. Um, And so, like, I wanted to be like Chris, and I was, like, starting to, like, do cool tricks on my snowboard in the park. And Justin Meyer, like, asked me, he was like, oh, you should film for, like, a Sunday one day. This is when he was making them. And I was, like, shook. I was, like, 13 or something. Like, oh, my God, I want to do this. And then I got bodied. And like separated my shoulder or something like that. And then that season went by, I didn't snowboard anymore or whatever, and uh, never got the opportunity to film with Justin, but I think about that all the time. I still remember when he said it to me in the scene and everything. Like he was with like pros and stuff. Damn, that's sick. Um, but yeah, that all fast forwards and, you know, uh, multiple people started filming Sunday in the Parks, you know, bears started doing stuff. Um, and they wanted me to like go and, and ride with them and, and do that stuff. And I was like, okay, cool. So I started doing that. And um, I think that's kind of how I started to get like no, noticed by like Flux Mindings and um, Air Blaster. They like, were like, hey, like, um, I'll, I'll remember this forever. Chicken said this. Like, he was like, we don't like, um, like, you're not on, you're not getting float Air Blaster goods because you're like, like a superstar. You, are getting flowed air blaster gear because you make snowboarding look fun. And I like remembered that forever. I was like, oh yeah, like that's, he was like, when people see you ride, they see that you enjoy snowboarding, you make them want to snowboard. And like, that's what we want. And that's how I've like, I think about that still all the time. Like I love to reflect on the people that helped me get to where I am because it, it, 
like helps you just remember your path that you're, you're creating. You know, it's so easy to get lost. Um, can you say that one more time? Sorry. Please. What the air, the quote chicken told you? Oh yeah. Chicken, um, chicken told me that the, like the reason why I started getting hooked up by air blaster or getting flowed product was because I made snowboarding look fun on the hill. And that was, you know, that's the biggest impact that you can have. And, like when I snowboarded down the hill, it made people want to go snowboarding and enjoy it. Um, not because I was like extremely super good and like superstar talent doing like crazy tricks. It was like you were having fun and that was it. You know, that's the goal. That's important. That's an important statement right there. It's the most important. Granted, you looked really good and look really good when you're having fun. So that's kind of the the cherry on top of that statement. But I mean, that's what separates people, right? Like, it is. It's just the truth. Like, you can be having a ton of fun and look like you're having a ton of fun, but you can still kind of look wily and people just respect your effort, right? For sure. Yeah, good. Yeah. Okay, continue. Sorry, I, I stumbled you. You're you're in a good flow there. No, no worries. Um, yeah, so that, that all kind of evolved, and, um, yeah, things are – we're kind of starting to shape up. Kyle, Kyle Schaefer and I were just filming – a bunch in the park and we were doing like little like trying to hit all the jibs around um in, in big bear and trying to like actually do the thing um and yeah things started to just kind of speed up and and more brands were kind of starting to reach out like that like brandon phillips at 32 was like left i remember he left me this voicemail kept it on my phone forever he was like hey man like i think you actually have a thing like we could make this happen you know um like you could have a future in snowboarding. And I like, I was like so torn because I just started getting air blaster stuff. And then 32 was starting to make outerwear. And then Lance and Mike Hacker and like Nima were doing Ashbury and they were like flowing me sunglasses and goggles. And they were like, hey, like you can't wear our sunglasses and wear air blaster goggles. Like you have to wear the whole thing. And 32 was like, hey, you can't wear just air blaster pants and like 32 hoodie, like and 32 boots. Like you have to wear like, you know, top to bottom, like we want to make this a thing. And I was just like, I'm going to stay with Air Blaster just because like I like their snowboarders. I thought like Ben Lynch and um, the way that Brandon Cocard and Tim Eddy and obviously Travis Parker, like they had the coolest styles. And I was like, I want to snowboard like them. And if I continue down this path, then maybe I can snowboard with them. And then I can like yeah, fulfill my dreams, you know? Um, so I, I just, I just stuck with the air blaster path. And during that time I was getting flowed boards through, uh, Academy. And I, I still remember like, so the Tarbells were local to us. Like I looked up to the Tarbells, like Ryan, Chad, like nutcases on boards, just insane board control and just wanted to snowboard with them. And then Jonas was on the team and Danimals was also in the same program as me, in a sense, like getting, was writing like academy stuff. And yeah, Jordan Mitchell, um, you used to be on them, and Scott and Chad O before, like in that, that middle time. And um, Casanova. Casanova, mm. bro. Yeah, dude, front blunt, like 360 front blunt. Like, Rail comp yeah, king. Um, and. Yeah, I, I couldn't afford snowboards, like the reality. Like I was I was starting to like grow and I was starting to break the snowboards and I couldn't afford them. And I was too young to get a job and my parents didn't have 
enough money to like support that. Um, so that was kind of a crazy time. And I also had like, like Riverside, like I was the youngest kid always, no matter what, like in my neighborhood, but we had snowboarders in my neighborhood, like kids that were into snowboarding and they were older than me. They had cars and they would drive me up to the hill. Um, like Kevin Aceto, Brian Lawrenson, yeah, Aaron Keniston, uh, James, like Joey Budica. There's so many people that like went to the high schools that were near me, but they knew that I love snowboarding and they, they wanted to see me accelerate and become something. So they made sure to take me and mm. my like side note, my, like my parents are old or my dad's old. My mom's kind of young. Like I have like my half brothers, like 45 years old. My half sister's like 40. I hope she doesn't hear that. It's wrong. She's going to be pissed. Um, and then another half brother, like uh, we're the second coming of like a third marriage, you know, like my, my parents are pretty lenient. My dad was like really focused on making sure that he made ends meet. And then my mom was able to like kind of just like manage us for a little bit until the economy crashed or whatever. But um, my mom would like make tamales and like would load up as much food as she could in like plastic bags and just like give it to my friends that would drive us up, drive me up the hill and be like, watch my son. And then here's food for like the weekend, you know? And so, like, yeah, all, all that kind of crazy stuff, like, helped me get to where I am today. Like, my mom and then all the kids in my neighborhood and all the people I still talk to that, like, supported me to get here. It's, like, craziest thing ever. Um, so, there's so much to it. It's so fun. I, I fucking love everybody that has ever contributed to me and, and, and helped get me to where I am. And they always said it when I was, like, 13 years old. They're like, when you're famous, don't forget about us. Mm-hmm. And I was like... I was just a little kid. I was like, I'm not going to be famous. And, like, how could I ever forget about you, you know? And to this day, I'm not famous, but I never forget about you. Like, I remember all of your names, everything you did, every rides you did, everything you ever did for me. Like, I still respect it, and, and I hope that I could repay it, even from being a little shitty kid, you know, a little punk skateboard kid that would just, like, all you had was words to fight back, people making fun of you, you know, because you're a skate park junkie. And so I definitely was a little loudmouth kid. Um but they, they all took care of me, and I think they, they did it for me, but they did it for my mom because my mom had so much love for them as well, and they made sure that I was safe. So shout-out to them. Um, yeah, so Kyle and I were just, like, heavily filming Sunday in the Park or heavily filming, um, like, Jupiter People stuff, and then Ian Sams and Eli Weiner, who, like, are locals um, – Ian has been like was kind of starting to lightly mentor me. He was like really wanting to take snowboarding to the next level. He got picked up by Arbor and the Arbor boards like weren't that dope. And I was like, I don't I remember him coming to me in December and being like, yo, like you should I was 15, I was like 15, 16, 15. And he he was like, You should ride these boards, like we should get you dialed on this. And I was like, I don't want to leave like Academy, like the team sick and like maybe I can be like them someday you know and um so I turned down Ian but Ian still kept up with me and he was like well we got snow let's go film and so he like took me to like some like crazy kink drills and stuff like that and he was like let's do this and I just like didn't have a problem snowboarding on him I was like oh I'm down to jump on him maybe I didn't make it look great but I made it to the bottom of him and I made sure I got my clip and I didn't know any better. I was just snowboarding. I was like, oh, you want to snowboard down this, like, 
down, flat, elbow, fucking thing. All right, cool. Let's do it. And then, like, we kind of worked good together, and he was kind of mentoring me, kind of being an older brother. And then I ran out of boards. That's when, like, that comp- that board shop Get Boards lended me that Solomon and just said, stay snowboarding, keep doing your thing. And then Arbor came into town to do a rail jam, which was like a game of snow. Um, and they had basically their, like, they had already revamped their whole professional team and their whole AM team. And then they had this event, which was like, I don't know, like a head-to-head game of snow for like like 40 people. And they'd given me a snowboard the day before. Um, I filmed for the Sunday in the Park for it. And then I did the contest. And then I won the contest. And I got another free board out of it, a, fair binding, a pair of bindings and $500. And then um, the Sunday in the Park came out, and I had the ender in the Sunday in the Park. And then Ian Sams was like, well, like now that you're riding Arbor boards, like, do you want to go on a trip? And I was like, yeah, where are we going? He was like, we're going to do this thing called the Vandalirium, and we're going to drive from here up to Washington, and we're going to, like, fly Austin Young out, and we're going to pick him up in Reno, and we're going to, like, go, like, just snowboard and do all this stuff. And it was, like, my first ever snowboard trip ever, and it was, like, a web series kind of thing. Um, And I told my parents, at this point, I had already, like, sort of dropped out of high school, kind of had not really... Um, I don't, I don't even remember, to be honest. I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm going on the snowboard trip. We're going to go to Washington. Mind you, like I'd been in three States my entire life. I'd been in Nevada and Arizona and California. So my whole goal was to become a professional snowboarder and to see as many places in the world as I possibly can, because I knew that financially where I come from and all the things that I could have been, the paths I could have went down would never have led to that. Snowboarding was the, the way I could see the world. And so I had to put my head down and, and go and do that. So they had intention to go to Oregon and Washington, and I'd never been to Washington. Or I went to Oregon like a week or, or the summer before that. Um, yeah, I went to Washington with them. And whatever, we, we did this trip, or we were going to go on this trip, and Ian pulls up with like the van up in front of my house, like this like four-wheel drive Astro van that he bought. He's so pumped on. God, Ian, he's the best person in the world. Um and my parents sent me off, my dad, and basically the team manager of Arbor Snowboards, Brad Farmer, he was the marketing director, was like, hey, we'll reimburse you for the trip. I'm 15 years old. I just, like, nod my head. I'm like, I don't know what that means. I'm like, okay. Like, I have no idea what that means. Nobody told me, like, keep my receipts. Like, my parents aren't, like, business savvy. Like, they don't, not saying, they don't. I don't think they would know what expensing means. I, like, I don't even, like, maybe they do now, but they didn't before. And my dad was like, okay, here's $250. Um, and I had, like, maybe $100 more from, like, some other things. And he was like, but I need this back. And I was like, okay. So we go on the trip. Dad gives me 250 Ian's like, it's cool. Like, I'll make sure that you're taken care of and you eat and stuff like that. And I had $250. We go to Mammoth. They're, uh, we're snowboarding, we're filming our first episode or whatever. There's a contest, Active puts it on. I won best trick, a method all the way to flat. I get $500. So I'm like, I'm already five hours away from my home. I have 750 in my pocket. I'm feeling good. You know, I'm like, damn, I'm killing it. But, you know, the whole trip goes like pretty good. Um, Eli breaks his elbow, kind of crazy. Um, end up in Washington with Joe Bosler, kind of experience Stevens Pass on like some corn 
never ridden anything like that, never seen mountains like that, was just so, like, enamored and so stoked. Um, we come down, we see the redwoods for the first time, like, like the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. I couldn't believe that this was, like, what I was doing with my life and, at the time and, and stuff. And then I get back down home and um, our my parents are like, yeah, don't go back to the house, come to this address. And I'm like, okay. And then I like make it back to that address and it's like an apartment. And I'm like, where's all my stuff? And he's like, oh, like, oh, we went bankrupt. Like we moved everything and like we moved into an apartment and like you and your brother share this thing. And my dad was like, we also lost the truck. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, yeah, that $250 I gave you was like the truck payment. The, like, our last one, like, it's, all, like, all I had left to, like, make a payment on it. And, like, we don't have that anymore. And I was like, oh, shit. Um, and then that was, like, kind of when reality set in. And I was like, oh, like, things are, like, not so good. Um, maybe, um, I mean, things kind of get a little bit blurry there because, like, obviously it's, like, kind of a rough time. And... Like, maybe things happened, maybe things didn't, but, like, I also don't want to, like, paint a certain picture because if my, like, family listens to this, like, I don't want them to be, like, damn, like, super bummed. Like, I don't want my mom to, like, listen to this and be, like, damn, like, yeah, we did have some hard times. I don't want her to, like, cry, fucking think like that, you know? Like, but I pretty much decided, like, I was, like, I'm not moving into that apartment. Like, I'm leaving. Like, I'm making, I'm, I'm like, we're going, I'm doing something different. Like, I'm chasing snowboarding and... From there, I decided to move to Oregon. Um, and at this, at this time, like, Arbor Snowboards had just told me that I had made it onto their AM team, like, right after the trip. Like, Ian hinted at it on the on the way down to my house. He was like, you, I think you're on the team. And he was like, don't tell anybody I fucking said anything. He's like, I'll fucking punch you. <laughs> and, um, they put me on the AM team and then Brad Farmer gave me $500 a month or he paid my rent and on in Mount Hood for like um, from May until September and then I had to deliver him like a video and all these things and, and I did um, and then after that I moved to Lake Tahoe and, and started working at North Star at a rental shop and then um, that's how I met Curtis Woodman because he was on our team. And then Curtis Woodman um, opened up the doors to the backcountry for me and took me snowmobiling and, and took me uh, snowshoeing and rode a bunch of terrain in Lake Tahoe. And that's, that's kind of how, like, it all ended up working out. Like, after that, like, it was like the doors were open. Um, I started to kind of understand how to navigate like a career, but I still had not a fucking clue. And I was just like making ends meet by working at North Star in the off season or, or on the on season and <laughs> trying to film at the same time and going on trips. And then my bosses at North Star being like, hey, are you going to like, like we, we didn't need your help now or during holiday season, we really need your help. Now we don't really need you. So we, like, you don't have to be on the schedule. I'm like, okay, cool. And then I would leave, go film. And then I, I was like being like Wyoming filming for Curtis Woodman's project and North Star would be like, so are you coming back? And he'd be like, uh, like I'm filming right now. And they're like, uh, and just like lose my job, mm. you know, and then trying to just juggle all this stuff. And I was like, 
Yeah, at this point, like 17, 16, 17 or something, trying to figure it out. And all along, like, I was also with my partner um, at the time, and she just, like, stood by my side. I don't know how <laughs> the whole time, but she's been, like, Leanne, she's been, like, the... Let's give her the super air horn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, dude. She... <laughs> she deserves it 100%. She deserves everything. Now fiance. Now fiance. Whew. Yeah. Lucky girl. (laughs) 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 No, no. Lucky both, yeah. Bang, if I could highlight a couple things too, which is just incredible listening to your journey. A, um, you know, I I just admire also how appreciative you are of all the people that helped you along the way. And, And I think that's something that's really important. I feel like your appreciation is one of your superpowers. Uh, and, and even more so than that, you, you had all these people that have helped you along the way and you're recognizing that. And, and to me, I see like a pattern of, well, now I'm here. Let me reach the hand back. Let me reach the hand back and bring some people with me through the core, which is just a cool little connection. I wanted to maybe highlight, I don't know if that's something you've ever made, but yeah, for sure. I mean, I think a lot, yeah, I just try to think of it from my, like everything from like my lowest points in snowboarding and like that's pretty much just how how i think about everything well dude also one thing to think about if you were to if you were to tell the kid that is getting in the van with 250 dollars you know that uh you're gonna fast forward in a handful 10 years whatever it is and you're just gonna be coming off of a shoot from ford Bronco, and you got a free goddamn SUV from Ford, you, and you got a pro model everything, and you're designing stuff for the North Face. You got pro model boards. You got all that. That person would tell you to get the fuck out of town, right? Like it's it, what a cool journey, for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I always like think I like I think from that perspective as well, but it's harder for me to take it. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. It's just like, could you imagine this? Uh, no, I could never fathom that. Like, even meeting you for the first time. I'm like, I can't believe I'm fucking doing this. You know, I'm like, can't believe I'm at Jeremy. Like, you, everything, saw you at, on the um, government camp. You're hanging out with, like, Scotty and um, everything. You know, I remember seeing you for the first time. Like, oh, my God. Just tripping. Still tripping. At any moment. You gave me a phone call, and I'm like, dude, hang up the phone call. I'm like, I just got a phone Chris Grant here. Can you believe that? Like, knocking myself. <laughs> tripping. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but that, like, you're not, you're not everybody, dude. Like, you're just not. Like, the the loyalty you possess, the, you know, the graciousness and the way that you accept everything that comes your way. And, you know, to Chris's point, just not forgetting about those people, you know. Like I said before, like, you, you know where you came from, and that seems to be actually what drives you. And that is unique. It is, it's truly unique in snowboarding. It's not a self-based pro. It's not. That's a community pro. Thanks. Thanks, Jeremy. I appreciate that, dude. You earned that shit. All right, Eric. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, if we're following the trajectory of your career here. It seems like the next, from my perspective, the next major step that you made was linking up with Bodie Merrill and... 
um, and filming with him and kind of working with him on his projects. He had a good run of projects for a few years. And, and how was it linking up with, with Bodie and, and doing the damn thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, R.A., getting the film for Reckless, Reckless Abandon. Great yeah. video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm still still promoting. I still like send a group text out. I'm like, RA too? Anybody? 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 <laughs> Come on. Try it. And then at one point, John Ray last year was like, I'm down. And everybody was slammed, couldn't do a thing. Yeah. Whatever. Um, yeah, so I did Bodie Merrill's quarter pipe contest, which was originally a mini pipe contest, yes. but there was a low snow year, so they did like cool quarter pipe extension. Yep. Thing was mint. I loved it. At Hood. Yeah, at Hood. So good. Um, yeah, I ripped that thing. And that was kind of my first time, like, maybe meeting him and hanging out with him a little bit. And I ended up getting uh, second in the event. And, um, yeah, from there, like, I think our relationship budded. He was, like, really kind to me. And, you know, I was like, damn, it's Bodie Merrill, bro. Like, he had already came out with that, like, one absent part that, like, everybody knows. You know, the Gucci one. Rider of the year. I mean, rider every year. That dude's gnarly. Um, And I was, like, just, like, in awe. I was, like, what does he want anything to do with me? Like, anything he looks at, I, like, pee pants about. And he was, like, hey, like, kind of, I think he maybe came to Desiree's at at the time I was living, or I was living with Desiree um, in Joe Carlino's house um, in southeast Portland. And I think Bodie came and stayed and hung out, and I got to, like, hang out with him a little bit more and get to know him. Um, And then... I think I don't quite remember the timeline, but in the preseason, he was like, Hey, I'm making a movie. Would you have any interest like filming for it? And I was like, yeah, cool. I'm down. Like I'm so into it. I've never filmed for a movie before. Like I've done like, yeah, like trips and stuff like that and street trips and film for like micro stuff. But this is like proper movie. And it's like presented by like his sponsors and partnered with snowboarder mag and, um, bridges and like all those people have like been a part of my life forever so I was like yeah of course I would like love to um I'm so honored thank you and then we yeah it was the first time in my life where I had enough like travel budget to go and go on every trip you know and that I mean dude that was like the opening gates of like what snowboard filming was like I was with like so many legends and like I mean we had like um uh, like Jesse Paul, who was just like this mental, mental case, like Jibber from Minnesota, who's like what I later on learned was he was one of the robot kids that could just like do it all. We'd go and like on street trips with him and, and Ozzy Henning and like Ozzy is just like, yeah, dude, Heber, right? He lives in Heber. Yeah. yeah Heber, Heber shout out. Um, like impeccable, like amazing style, like, and just not afraid so you had, like, this, like, extremely technical border. You had, like, this like, style icon, Ozzy, and then you had Bodie um, on, on these street trips, and it was just, like, this whole learning curve for me, you know? Like, I feel like I was really trying to understand, like, who I was as a snowboarder through that process, but with acceptance, which can be so hard to do with peers that are, like, if you, like, that are incredibly talented, like... Like, for Bodhi to have the patience with somebody like me bringing me in and allowing me to find out who I am as a boarder in all aspects, from Wyoming to Japan to Baltimore to Minnesota, and just let me be me and never question my decisions 
or or never say, hey, maybe you shouldn't film that and everything like that. Just allowed me to do it and be that person. Like, uh, like I owe so much to him for allowing me to find out who I am through that time period. Um, and that video, I guess, brought me to where I am today was because like, I don't know. I don't even know what he saw in me, bro. I'm like, how? Like we like barely know each other and he wanted to bring me on. Like everybody else almost had a sponsor that was like directly tied to him in a sense. You know, we had Hans in there and Solomon and all these things. And I was just kind of like Air Blaster and Arbor, like not much else, like nothing really tied. And he wanted me in and like throughout all of the filming and everything, like like it was just like friendship right away. Like I got Bodie and he got me and it's been nonstop since. Like, I don't know. It's so hard to say. Like you just said it. I mean, it's beautiful. That's that's perfect synergy. It's a, it's a goddamn Cinderella story, Eric. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a goddamn Cinderella story. Uh, one thing I think about too. I mean, Bodie's a talented human being, and he recognizes talent in others. Straight up, and that's pr- pretty probably. You know, that's what he saw. And uh, we have a Patreon question from uh, Benny Pellegrino. Silk, Silk's wearing the sunglasses. Why don't you hit that thing? Yeah, sunglasses still on. They work really well for reading Patreon questions. Uh, second question from Benny Pellegrino. Eric, what's the craziest move you've ever witnessed Bodie Merrill do? How many times have you shown up at Bodie's at a Bodie spot and had to hype yourself up to join the session? <laughs> oh man, how many? We filmed a bunch now over the years. Holy shit. Um, thanks for the question, Benny. Is that your second question? Second yeah, question. He's yeah. an avid Patreon question nice. questionnaire. Boss. And boss human. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think back. I mean, I've seen so many crazy things Bodhi's done. And it's really hard for me to pinpoint any, like just one. But one of my favorites was during RA. There's two favorites during RA, but one of them's was like, I forever get Bodhi after this. He had already gotten a clip. We were in Japan, and they were, like, jumping to this, like, dead tree that had, like, a big old mushroom on it. And they were doing some Johnny Brady and him. Oh, wait, no, no, wait, no, not James. Sorry, I'm getting the years mixed up. Or was this melodrama? Melodrama was the, the year you're probably thinking of Brady was there. No, no, no. No, Hans is there. Okay, so this was Reckless Abandon You. Um, and... Bodie had already gotten a clip doing something. I don't even remember what it was. But I was like, I'm not hitting this feature. Maybe I was hitting it and wasn't doing so good. I got hurt in Japan. It was my first trip I ever gotten hurt on. And I just had to, like, take my losses and just realize it's like, this is what happens. You just have to go with it. And so I was not so in high spirits, but I was still trying to hit the feature with him. Bodie had already gotten a clip, like he always does. And then he, like, is about to drop in, and he's like, we're like, what are we doing? What are you doing? Everybody's like, what are you doing? And he's just like, I don't know. I'm an idiot. I'm going to do something dumb. And then drops in one-footed. <laughs> <laughs> jumps. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. Yes. Right. Jumps in one-footed, does like a one-foot grab, lands foot plant on the tree, and then front flips. Like, and I, I think he li- rides away the first time, but like he it doesn't like it. So then he ends up going to battle with each other or with himself and then like gets bodied. But he still got the clip. The first one ended up being the go. He got bodied. I even think he maybe ripped a binding out, like how he always does. Mm-hmm. Um, just I'm, so dry 
I'm going to do something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an idiot. I'm going to do this right now. I don't even know what I'm thinking. <laughs> and he did. Sorry, sorry, continue. I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> That's so funny. And then I remember, like, that was, like, the craziest thing because I was, like, witnessing Bodhi, the crazy man himself, like, He's not like, oh, my God, I'm psycho double corks. Like, I got this, like, crazy energy listening to, like, trap music to hype me up. He's just, like, like quotes, like, uh, or some insane. Some anchorman dumbass quote or something. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Exactly. Um, and then drops in and does, like, the craziest thing you've ever seen in, like, the blink of an eye. And you're like, okay. Like, that was the coolest thing ever. And a feature that I was afraid to step to is, hmm. Oh, he built some pretty dumb stuff. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Cause I actually, that was like the, probably the biggest learning part about like Bodhi allowing me to be who I am is that like, if he would set something up and I just like, I don't have anything for it. I don't want to do it. He never pressured me into doing it. He just like, you know, at the end of the session, he'd be like, oh, I would li like, if you want to hit it, like you can, like, we'd like you to hit it. And I was like, I don't want to. And he was cool with it. He was like, fine. And so like, I never really... It was, yeah, I've never really been like, oh, I have to do this for Bodhi. Mm -hmm. You know, he was always okay with me, not like if I just wasn't vibing, whatever. I imagine, though, the session where he did the foot plant crippler on the wall and then you did the Andrecht double grab, he was probably really excited for you to do that trick on that thing. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, he was stoked. He was stoked. Baltimore, he was stoked. I mean, we were all like every trip. God, I love filming with that dude. It's always so <laughs> fun. It's like, we just get it done, and I, I may not have, like, I might not be, like, an elite backcountry rider, but still, we work together mm -hmm. good back there. Like, we can, like, support each other and, and be, in, like, see each other's vision, and also just, like, I get his humor. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people don't, mm -hmm. but I do. He's fucking hilarious, yeah. That's good stuff. Another thing, too, when you film with somebody who's, like, the best, you realize quickly that what your lane is right so for for i mean for me i remember being like well i'm never going to be that guy so i'm going to do my stuff and mm -hmm. like, you have your stuff and it's worked out great for you yeah for sure yeah definitely yeah i was just like yeah i just will never have air awareness like that <laughs> <laughs> not a chance i will never find it you gotta know your lane yet you support in it too which is dope even from him like look like you described i think that's epic from from that kind of talent just be like yo just do you yeah. do your lane these options are here for you but partake if you want yeah yeah exactly that's awesome so kind all right let's get into a fun part of the show silk you know what part of the show this is i think this might be name that video part Name that video part is presented by Woodward. We got Woodward Park City here in Utah, 15 minutes up the hill. They got parkour. They got foam pits. If you want to learn laid out backies, they got an incredible skate park with air conditioning all summer and heat all winter. They got big jumps, small jumps, bunny hill, tubing. It is a friggin' good time. I'll tell you that right now. And they support the show um, and they're doing a lot of good things for the action sports community. So if you are in the Utah area, Always be sure to check out Woodward. We love spending a lot of time at Woodward. We're actually going up there tomorrow. So uh, with that being said, uh, what's your confidence level 0 through 10 on Name That Video Part? One. Mm. I want to be honest with you. 
I messed up. I gave you a meatball. Really? Because is that it, good? Is that bad? I think it, it's a meatball. You know, meatball is a reference, good. I believe, from baseball. Like when they throw you a pitch, it's like a really easy mm. one to hit, right? Mm. So it's yeah. like a a softball, if you will. Uh, I gave you an easy home run. Um, you would hope so. I'm like pretty. All right. Well, we'll see what happens if you get this one. Here we go. All right, all right, get on out of here. Yeah, what, what is it? <laughs> it's a Bodie Miller, the skier. <laughs> <laughs> that was the video part. You're like the boot. You're, you already said it. you're like Bodie in the Gucci song. I'm like, shit. You <laughs> <laughs> definitely know his name, that video part. So you got a bomb hole prize pack uh, in there. You got uh, corduroy hats. Oh, you got some smelling salts. I don't know, a hoodie probably. Um, Actually, Silk made that. He packed it up for you. You got yeah, any? Sick. You got any problems? Take it up with Silk. Dude, yeah. I can't wait to bring the sal- smelling salts home to all my best friends. Yeah, this better be full. Can we double stack these? Like, I, I know a guy. I know a guy. You can talk to Silk. Actually, really, Jules. Jules up. runs everything. You got to talk to her. Dude, yeah, I'm gonna mess my homies up. I'm gonna wake them up from naps on the beach. I'm just gonna mm. go in. Yeah, it's it's a good move. It's a good move. You know, I thought that was too easy. Should we should we give him the listener one and see if he gets it? Yeah, yeah. Dude, maybe. that's not no. There's I not a chance. You already got your prize pack though. Well, we'll take it back if you don't get this one. No, yeah. no, I, no. Yeah, I, we'll give it to him. But if he okay. know if he knows it, we'll gi- we'll give you a chance. And if not, the listeners. So this is before we go in. I just want to let you know this is the most thing I was nervous about. We get that a lot. Yeah. We get that a lot. It's not uh, uncommon. I it's feel like everybody, like, I feel like if you talk to Bodie at all, you should know that, like, I, this is, like, I just, I don't know what it is. There's, I remember the part, like, I love some kind of life. If I, you played a song from it, I'd be like, I don't remember the part, mm. but I know it's from some kind of life. Mm. Well, maybe you won't get this one then. Okay. Oh, Here we go. <laughs> I mean, another band. It's Growlers. Okay. Well, if you don't know it, that's for the listeners then. But hold uh, on. <laughs> you want to take a guess at it? Um, I mean, it's video grass if it's the Growlers. So, um, and then it's probably like year. <laughs> really? Year two? Oh. And I don't remember the name of the film. That's it. That's all. I just know it's video grass. I mean, you got to know that. I, I can't tell you because now we're going to give it. I mean, the li- listeners got a hint. If they you know the name and video part, comment on the photo of Eric when it comes out. <laughs> we'll send you a sticker pack. You always got to say movie and writer. Uh, Holden's the one who picks this, and he he wanted me to let the listeners know that you got You can't just say the person's name. You got to say name, writer name, and video part, just to be clear. And don't get too excited. We send some stickers. I don't know what else is in there. You got to, I don't know. I just work here. You got to talk to management. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, send an angry DM. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We There's full, plenty of those. Don't worry about that. Yeah. We, are, uh, we are angry DM rich. We got yeah. plenty of those. Okay, here we go. Thank you for playing Name That Video Part. Let's talk about when you turn pro for Arbor. <laughs> So you filmed a few more videos, and then uh, was that after Costa Nostra? Yep, that was at the Costa Nostra world premiere. Oh, that's where it was? Yep. Cool. How was that experience? It was so cool. Um, Yeah, I mean, the Venice, like Arbor Venice is like the coolest place ever. It's like they have like 
stuff from the original Venice Pier that's like built into the building. It's like right on the Washington Street, like right where it used to be and stuff. And they have this like really cool parking lot and they threw this like rager of a premiere. Um, and I was able, like, I was able to invite my mom and my dad and they got to experience the the whole like video dropping and I'd never seen the video um, at all. Sammy Spateri and Paul Heron and uh, edited it. Shout out, frame shout out. Um, and like uh, Sean Black was like a big director in the part of it and everything. And um, yeah, world premiere is huge. Like they had just like, I mean, in Venice, they're just like music gated thing let's get in like people are just like let's rage and like have a good time and um i had never seen the film before they told me it was cool and yeah they turned it on and i ended up having like an opener with a shared part with brian Gucci, which was kind of this like larger symbol of for the brand you know like it was like brian and i like both hail from southern california and then like as where he is taking a snowboarding to this level and i'm kind of like following in his footsteps because like without Brian taking the steps that he did and, and shaping snowboarding the way that he wanted to, then there would be no pathway for somebody like me as a Southern California snowboarder to follow in. He truly did pave it. So it was an, it's an honor to share a part with such a legend and also somebody who paved technically my future in snowboarding. So, um, yeah, that happened and I was stoked. My mom was happy. My dad was like, so that's what you do. And, um, my mom was like so pumped and um and then they like were doing raffles and stuff like that and then like I, I don't know it was kind of a blur it was just like we're gonna make an announcement like um and then like pulled out a couple boards and then they just like flipped them and said like it, like I don't even remember they just it was like the board that I ride and it said uh Leon on the bottom and I was just like what like this is insane, you know? And like the crowd went crazy and like, it was the coolest experience. My mom was like pretty much crying. Like, just like everybody, like Leanne was screaming. Everybody, my little brother was there. Yeah. Just like, it's like an incredible experience. Um, and just, yeah. So thankful that that was the way that it happened. You know, like that's something I'll remember forever. Like my mom was so proud. She just like held the snowboard the whole night. Mm. Gives me the chills, dude. It's, gangster. it's so hyped on that. Like, she was like, "There's, I still have photos of her on my phone." <laughs> it's uh, our friends Nate and Bree did though the name titles for the uh, like the wooden signs from Band Supply Code. Did you get to keep your name title? I have mine in my garage. So oh, Nate cool. and Bree. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, they're rad. Thank you. I have uh, we got a guest question from Frank April that pertains to that video part. Um, Eric. Uh, so like, mm, yeah, maybe no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Eric, hello, Eric. Hey, Eric. (laughs) Frank April here. How are you, bud? Um, Yeah, do you want to talk about the day you board slide that kink, uh, Jed Anderson 50-50 on the snowboarder cover? And uh, how was that day and what happened? And uh, yeah, miss you, bud. See you soon. Francis. Hello. Francois. Yeah, uh, still to this day, I didn't, like, I think about Frank a lot. I'm like, dude, I'm, f- like, first time at Frank, I'm like, damn, I'm filming with Frank April right now. There's, like, X Games guy, like, in Deja Vu. I'm like, what the fuck? And then I'm like, and, and like, 10 minutes later, I'm like, damn, I'm being bullied by Frank April right now. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <laughs> 
man. <laughs> the reality. Um, oh, I just I want to start this one off kind of funny. Um, Frank April, big dude, huge bully, um, can just picks on me. Just like met him first time. He's like, oh, you're like, you know, whatever. Just picking on me about what I'm wearing and everything. And I'm just like, oh, whatever. I grew up at the skate park. It doesn't bother me. I just give shit back. But um, he can drink. The man is built to drink. And Absolutely. I also like to drink beer, but I'm not like, uh, yeah, I'm not like, I don't even know how to explain it. Like, I just like, I like beer, but you have to tell me like a week ahead of time that we're going to drink beer. And then I'll start to crave it. And then I'll be like, cool. And I'm like, next Friday, I'm going to like have some beers and like get a little buzz. But like, if you're just like, we're drinking tonight, I'd probably be like, I'll have like a seltzer water and maybe one beer and I won't even finish it. So it's just like, doesn't taste good to me. Um, so I started out the season. I'm like, I'm filming with Frank April for the whole season. Um, Frank parties really hard. And when he does party really hard, he tends to pick on me even harder. And, like, he'll body slam me, like, wrestle me, like, headlock me, like, just all the things that I'm just, like, I'm going to avoid this. And I'm going to conserve my money. I'm going completely sober from, like, January 1 until the movie's done filming. Like, I'm just going to stay, like, sober. It's really, it's, it's not hard for me. It's, like, easy. Like, I don't have any, like, anything. It's, like, literally chill. But by the time that we were filming in Japan, I don't even remember, maybe February or something, like, uh, something had switched that I still hang on to to today where like I wasn't getting like this like su- like this quick need like this quick like enhancement of life that substances can provide like beer or whatever um and but what was fulfilling that was adrenaline so like the adrenaline to like film clips and like do something scary was like all like as good as a like a drinking six beers or something it was like as good as it could get like i just wanted to snowboard and i was just like chomping at the bit like i needed this adrenaline to make my fix so i could go to bed at night and feel good wake up in the morning only thing i want to do is just like get a clip and i was just hungry and so when we had gotten to that point in japan like the we'd been there for a minute and like the boys had some like serious party nights and i was just like drinking red bull singing karaoke all night like raging with them you know all nighters and like We'd, like, kind of worked our way back up um, the main island, like, up to this n- the, to the north where that rail is. You've been there. Yep. I bungee jetted in the 50. Mm-hmm. When you, um, you cab-deuced onto the, onto the... The gap rail on the other yeah. side of the park, yeah. Yeah, yeah hit me with that. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, um, that rail's sick. Great, good luck. Ra- low rails, great spot. Really? Kind of yeah. scared me, though, because it's low. I kind of, like, tall. Yeah. But... Yeah. But sick though, like spot was sick. Yeah, Frank was trying to back back deuce that thing, and it just wasn't working out. He was battling it for a minute. We had a little electric winch or something like that. That um, so they were like it was um um whatever. They're they're bun- they're they're winching into that thing, and I was kind of like I don't really have a trick for this thing. Like could front two, but like I won't front two something. Like, I don't see stuff like that. You know, like, if you cab toot it, like, you rolled in goofy. You did, like, whatever, switch front side 270, whatever you, everybody wants to say, like, a trick onto a rail. Um, if you did it that way, like, I wouldn't go, like, oh, I'll front to it because the trick's open. I'm like, that trick is not open, in my personal opinion. I'm like, I watched somebody do this shit, 
proper going in goofy stance and doing it. Like I don't need to go and mimic it or like try to do it in my own way. I'm like, mm, no, that thing's done, you know. I don't think like that. I still think front two's open personally, but that's just me. I like really? that. I like it. I go both ways. No, I'm, I think it's situational. Well, let's be honest. If like, you know, I front toed it like maybe ten years ago, and then you were like, "This is open." Like the cab two, it's just, like it's like whatever. But like if Grandies did that, I'm like, I'm not really gonna touch that thing. Like, I don't know. I just I wouldn't do it. I don't. I don't. That's respect. Do yeah, respect. Totally back it. I'm like, somebody rolled into that thing the same way that I'm going to roll into it, and they're going to do this trick the same way, and then, like, how am I going to do it different? I'm like, it's too much to think about. Let's just go find something else. Um, and so, anyways, yeah, Frank's ripping that thing, trying to get the clip, having a hard time. And then I'm like, oh, that's the jet rail. And um, I'm like, that's the thing. He back 50. He's pretty buck. Dude, it's buck. Um, and I was like, I probably board slide it. And then I just, like, built an in-run and a drop-in. And as Frank was doing shit, I just started to hop onto it. And I was just like, I'm just going to, like, I just set it up. And just, like, no lip, just fucking cruised. And it's super low to the ground, so it's so chill, dude. Like, you don't need that much speed at all. Like, I just set up a couple pump bumps, a little like a mini, like, hop-hop-drop pump bump. Maybe not even pump bump. No, there's and a then, pump bump. I watched the clip. There was, okay, pump bump. And then, yeah, just, like, you just easily rock into a board slide. And it was chill. I was just like, cool, I'm just going to, like, board slide, pop over. Board slide, pop over. Board slide, pop over. And then I just started to get the feeling of the board slide dialed. And then Frank was like, I give up. Like, fucking done. And I was like, cool. I'm going to like, I'm gonna board slide this rail. And they're like, okay, cool. So it's like half day by now. They had already done the morning of filming. And so we're like that half day. It's like, all right, I'm going to start board sliding this thing. They all set up. And we like kind of like pimp the stairs a little bit. And um, I just start like full committing because – at that point, I was just, like, board sliding, popping over. Nobody was around. I was just, like, there, just ripping it. And I'm like, I think it's possible. It's pretty chill. And then, um, yeah, rolled in, board slide. And then I was like, okay, cool. So it's board slide. And then, I don't know, you probably remember, there's, like, there's, there's the flat. It's, like, pretty much uphill. It's kind of buck. But there's a the, the rails separate, and they slightly lift up. So, like, we were trying to, like, bang it so it dropped down, but... On the kink or the last flat? In the flat. In the middle. In the middle. In the oh, kink, really? Yeah. Okay. There's a lift, and it lifts, like, dude, just barely. And it literally looks just like that, like a knuckle. You know, and we were, like, trying to do all things, like, take tie-downs, like, trying to do all this stuff to try to level it. But whatever, I just figured I'm going fast enough. I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to fuck it up. I'll just lean back a little bit or whatever. And so I just started to think of it. I was like, okay, so now I'm board sliding, like, a whatever, however many stair rail. And then it's just a donkey. So I'm just thinking, like, down rail, donkey, down rail, donkey. And then once I would go down rail, donkey, or down rail, slight donkey, down rail, donkey, down rail, donkey. And then I would go down rail, donkey, pop over, down rail, donkey, pop over. I'm like, okay, cool. After I get through the down donkey, then it's just another down rail. So once I'm in, once I go down donkey, and then once I catch air, I'm just jumping to another board slide. It's chill. So I go down donkey, board slide, down donkey, board slide. And then I just kept doing that until I worked my way all the way. And then once I got to, like, pretty much com- fully understanding the squareness that I needed to land after the kink, I was like, it's just a board slide and then another donkey, you know? So I just broke the rail up into segments. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I spent half that day sessioning it, and I made it to the end probably, like, three or four times. But that kink is super – that last donkey is super low to the ground and super violent. And 
every time I would hit that nub in the middle, when I'd full commit and make it all the way through, all the way through, I'd hit that nub in the flat. It would stress fracture the middle of my board. And then I would go through the rest of the rail and then I'd hit the bottom and just completely break the board. And then I would like, it would like, the, like there's probably like five clips of me making it through the end, but like I'd be like, it'd look weird. It just didn't look right because my board would either be broke broken when I got to the kink and I'd still ride away, like make it off the end. It would look like I'd have to position my board all weird to get through the kink. And then I remember like getting through it like three times and like starting to like lose my shit. And I'm like, I did it. I did it. And then like Frank is like, yeah, but would Louis say you did it? Oh, that <laughs> motherfucker. And then I was like, you're right. Or I was just like, I was like, whatever, like, let's just keep doing it. And then finally, like the next day, I just probably did it like two more times. It still never looked right. And then finally, like, I just like when the one that I did make it, I like was getting to the kink and I just stiff legged and just like went through the kink. So it like, you couldn't say like, cause you couldn't go like if, if you were like proper board sliding and then you were just like front foot heavy, I'm goofy. Um, and you went through the kink, it would rock you. So it looked all funny when you're going through it. So you had to be square, but if you were square, your board was going to snap no matter what. So you had to alleviate pressure by stiff legging and just getting through the kink and then right away. And I finally got it. And I was like, Frank was hyped. Paul was hyped. All the boys were hyped. And, I, and I'd gone through at sushi. Who's our Japanese professional snowboarder for Arbor. I'd gone through maybe his whole quiver of snowboards. I'd oh. gone through like seven of them. Dude. I have like pictures of them. All. It's like, at that point, like, there's nothing you can do. Like, I'm literally, like, I'm going against all odds on these snowboards. Like, going over, like, an uplifted crack on an extremely pressured thing, and then another one. It's like, these boards are done. But yeah, after that, I was like, cool, chill. Stoked. I was actually riding a high. I was pretty high. I got a clip yeah. after it, too, or the day after. It's heavy. That one's a heavy one. I remember, like, seeing that clip being like, damn, I didn't think that was possible. Holy shit, Eric. That thing's puts you into the fucking ground. Like, when you come off early, you're just, like, pancaking, too, because it's so steep. Yeah, yeah. I, honestly, I'm kind of, like, you're never satisfied. Nobody's satisfied. But I had a couple I had a couple makes that, like, when I go, th when I catch air off of the flat on the kink, like, I, like, wave my arms, and it actually shows how gnarly it is. But by the time I had, like, fully committed to the one that I was, like, this is it, this is the one, like, I had dialed everything in so much that, like, I look composed. And I'm like, that doesn't look, doesn't make it look hard. Like, it, like the ones that I did before look harder because like you can tell that I'm like, oh shit, I'm in the air, bro. And then I'm on the rail again and I'm like composed. And then I hit the kink and it's like, board breaks. Like the one that I did, it was just like, like I had done it so many times, you know? And I knew that I had just like, just stayed arms proper, legs proper, you know? So I'm like, kind of wish we would have used the sketchy or what no man you worked up to it like that's the pro yeah. that's like the that's the sauce that's different than everyone else like when you can find the way to grease it i'm with you i like the every bale that i've been the most hurt on never even looks like a bale and it's been the most saddening thing in my career because i'm like man i just want a good bale yeah and so i just i put mad respect on that like fight through it clean it up, deliver the one that looks easy because that's what, I mean, I don't know, make it look easy because then they get there and try and they know. Yeah, I mean, like you're saying, you're like, you, you've seen it in person and then you're like, I didn't think it was possible. Like maybe people that see the clip are just like, 
crazy barge slide, you know, or whatever. But like, you're like, what the fuck? Dude. And still, yeah. like, I'm not like saying that it was like, oh, it was so sick, but it was fun. It's fun. I, I like love kink rails. Yeah. Like a hundred percent. Like love them. So. I was just I was just stoked to snowboard on something. Do you that think day. that was the one of the most scared times you ever been on a snowboard? No, no, no. You were chilling. No, that was so mellow. Really? Yeah. Damn. Just because of know. The, the process of working your way into it. Maybe. Yeah, that's how I approach every kink rail. Is like everything is just a down, and then it's a down to a flat, and then after the down flat, it's just another down. What about a down flat, 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 down? After like after like the down flat, down flat. Then you forget. Then it's just like once you get through Hell those right. first, go to the end. then the rest is just like okay, cool, just get to it. Mm. But y- the first like few are just like balance, 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 and then you're in the balance groove, and then you pump. Mm. And it's like we have to get onto that perfect balance on the down flat, down flat, and then you hit that that third down or whatever. You're just like da 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 da, like pump. That's the word right there. Like the pump through kinks is a good kink rider, and that is the sickest thing like it's so much doper looking than hop in my opinion sure. i just like yeah. sounds better i don't know i'm a fan of the the pump to back taco onto the flat mm. to just explode like that <laughs> like, yeah the banana peel slip <laughs> yeah, out yeah, yeah. yeah i love that the zero confidence terrified banana peel slip uh, out first try that's a great, that's a great <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> Dude, come on, bro. Yeah. He's like, oh, that thing's pretty slick, huh? <laughs> the, the, like, like you wish your legs weren't strapped in. <laughs> shake, you know, and you like are like, oh, you like shake your legs like that. <laughs> it's the worst. Oh, my God. I always love when you're at the top and then you drop in and you're like, what the fuck did I sign up for? <laughs> please, please, like... Can somebody, can a cop just show up right now? Oh, man. I would pay to get kicked out at this point. Yeah, actually, I do. I was like, I know something scarier. Like, I was like, I've done something scarier that I remember being scared. I was like, what the fuck was it? And it was with melodrama with John Stark and Ian Bowl and Riley and Mike Little, the, the down rail, the double slide. Oh, that mm. thing was fucking heavy, 270 out. Mm-hmm. 50 to 40, 270? Pretty sure I called my mom. Dude, that was heavy. I was just like, yeah, um, filmed, yeah, another project, Bodie on Boys. After Reckless? Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, this is after Pepper. You're after Pepper. You're after Pepper. Okay. Pepper, man. So good. Um, Yeah, so we had been filming in Japan. I think I logged like almost 60 days there or something like that. We did part backcountry and then we did. Um, and then we did a lot of street, like John Stark, Mike Little, and I, and uh, Riley Nickerson, um, and wow. like, yep, yeah, like Riley and um, Garrett Warnick, kind of like mixed trips. Like we kind of did, like I, I can't really remember. I think Riley was on the first trip, and then Garrett was on the second one, and we kind of, yeah, you know, farmed some stuff, and we kind of we were up on the North Island, and we were just like hitting all these crazy towns, doing all this crazy stuff, and like really figuring out and dialing in the the perfect way to street snowboard in Japan because it's really difficult. Um, they just like, the second you see, the second you pull out a snowboard out of your car and you're not near a ski resort, you're just like, just like out of here. So we're just like dialing in shit and uh, we're feeling pretty good. And it was literally the final day of our first, of our first month long trip. Um, and I, th- 
yeah, it was, it'd been rough. It'd been rough. We'd been kicked out. We'd go like, you know, four days, no clips, both of us, like Mike Little and I, and yeah, the energy and the, and the vibes were like, not as, as like healthy as they could have been. And so we were struggling a little bit and, um, they went and checked out the spot a couple days ago and I didn't leave the car or something. I was just chilling, sleepy, tired. And then John took a photo of it. And then John Stark was like, so who's going to do it? And like Mike's like, I'm not gonna do it. And then Riley's like, I'm not gonna do it. And I was like, fuck it, I'll do it. <laughs> you know, never even seen the spot. <laughs> and uh, it was their final day. And I was like flying home like the next day. And we get to the spot, we set it all up. And I'm just like starting to like, yeah, it was, it's kind of difficult. It's this weird rail with like, yeah, you know, this weird like not not steel, like maybe PVC kind of thing. Like not like it wasn't like. There was a lot of posts, so it wasn't sketchy. Like, I didn't think I was going to, like, break through a post or some shit like that. You know, I'm like, it was super chill. It was just like, um, but slid kind of crazy. Kind of like, uh, looked like fake bamboo, but it was like PVC. Weird. Um, and had, like, kind of knobs. like da, 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 da. And then it went into, like, a perfect um, double slide. Um, and, like, this bridge that was, like, pretty thin. Um, like... Yeah, it was, like, it was quite thin. It wasn't that tall. So, like, easily could have, like, bashed your knees or whatever. And it was going over a creek. And so, like, basically, like, I had, like, like I always do, I have, like, a process for everything I do with street rails. It's just, like, kind of, like, you kind of warm up to the spot. You kind of warm up to the spot. You warm up and, like, find your out and connect or whatever. And I had this path. I would do, like, front 50, and then I would hop off, like, right before the bridge. And then I would, like, land on this little concrete thing and then jump over the creek. And I'd done that so many times, like to the point where I was just like shook, you know, I was just like, I can't commit. That being said, I'd never done a double slide in the streets ever in my life. Well, this is the first time I'm ever doing one, like, and I'm just jumping from a down rail to a double slide. And I'm like losing it. Um, and I'm like, fuck, I'm like, t- like hitting on my mom, just like, what's up? Like, I just need you to like calm me down. Like, I can't commit to this thing and I'm losing it. And I think John Stark was, like, pretty much done. Like, he was, like, he's not doing it. Like, pretty much just, like, he's done, you know? And then Ian Bull comes over to me, and he just, like, spirit talks me. Just, like, he just, like, gets in my ear, and he's just, like, all right, dude, envision this. And then just kind of breaks it all down for me. And he's, like, you're going to go from here to here. He's, like, just think about it as, like, a giant, like, whatever, juice box or something. Obstacle course. No. Oh, no, 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 juice box. <laughs> like what we call the big, the fun boxes. Juice. Oh, boxes. got it. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. Big box. He's like, you're just jumping a fifty, you know. And I was like, all right. And then I think I did like a couple bails. Like I was just like, no, I'm not gonna do it. No, nope, I'm not gonna do it. And then finally, I was like, got on the rail, and I was on the rail, and I was like, all right, I'm doing it. And I just jumped a fifty. Sketch. Super sketch. Mm-hmm. Land in the middle, and just like get to the end, and I was like, boom. Fuck this. Um, and I can't remember if I did two or three, but I think, I think, oh, yeah, yeah I did. I think it, yeah, one more try. I go in, I, and I'm like, bounce, boom, jump to double slide. And the thing I realized right away, I'm like thinking of Scott Stevens and everybody who's done double slides, you, everybody, like their boards flex. So when your board flexes, it allows you to pop out of things. But this thing's rail was so, the rails were so close together, I was landing. Um, foot like my feet were on top of the rails so like in order to jump over the damn thing was like i couldn't do it it'd be like you're just like 
trying to jump out of an MJ, you know, like a Michael Jackson or something, you know, just like not like not going to work. So I think my first time I went 50, 50 board slide. And then like, I just like did something weird that was just went like made it. I was like, okay, fuck, I'm doing it again or whatever. And I just went and dropped in 50, 50. And then, board slid and then I was kind of like okay the only way I'm going to be able to pop over this thing is if I kind of like nollie off my nose and like bring it to fakie and then I was just like board slide and then I like did the nollie and I was like oh this is 270 and I just like landed 270 and then rode away and was like every like everybody that I was with was like so pumped Mike Little was so so pumped and I was like I was so stoked to get it over with dude John was like I think you should do it again I was like fuck you, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, that thing was so, I was so scared. But after I did it, I watched the clip. I've probably watched that clip so many times. So I'm really proud of that one. That's awesome. Should be as a heater. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Yeah, that one makes me happy. Because it was like really overcoming some deep, dark demons in there. Mm-hmm. Sounds like yeah. it. Conquered the demons. Heck yeah. Love that. All right, Eric, this banter journey has been going for a while here, but I have a question for you. So you were uh, you were on the blaster for a while, air blaster, and then you made the big switch over to the North Face. How did that come about? Um, yeah, it was a pretty cool, pretty cool time in my life. Um, I rode for air blaster for like 12 years or something. I think it was plus lo- like loved it, like every little ounce of it, like loved it snowboarding is always going to be like the funnest thing in the world. And that brand will ultimately be the representation of that and forever. And I was in a time in my life where I was shifting my focus into, into different stuff um, and how I wanted to like kind of live my life and, and how I wanted to maintain a snowboard career. And I feel like Air Blaster and I, we had just been on this long journey for so long um and we just weren't seeing eye to eye or maybe we just had too much you know like i felt like it was just getting too close it was like doing business with family and though we all sounds fun and great but over time it does create strain on the relationship and i i i've also like up until maybe two years ago like i've worked um like one to two part-time jobs, either one full-time job or two part-time jobs throughout my whole snowboard career. Like throughout all the video parts we talked about, like all from May until November I've worked. And um, I had recently, I'd been working at this coffee shop for like five years and I was super tied to it. Um, and um, the owner had tragically passed away like just suddenly and then the business just shut down and it went to new owners and I went and worked for the new owners and it just wasn't the same. And I had to come to terms with switching my job and working at a different coffee shop and it tore me apart. But it was like this transition period where I knew that it it was okay to change jobs and it's okay to take steps that you don't understand. If you're not comfortable in one situation, you should be, you should be able to, pick up and and go somewhere else if you stay true to it. And I was feeling that type of way. I had just transitioned to a different job. I was, I wasn't like stressing anything because I I love working in customer service. Like I I really enjoy it, but I was at a time where I just wanted to shift things. I just wanted to shift how I saw snowboarding and how 
I was feeling in snowboarding and, and the brands that supported me. And so I like kind of voiced my opinion to uh, John Stark. Um, I went and visited him after work one day and I was like, you know, I'm just feeling kind of fried. And I just like, uh, you know, and he's like, would you have any interest in uh, like the North Face? And I was like, at first I was like, I don't, I don't know, bro. Like, I'm not sure. Like, I'm a, like kind of like, that's like a big leap. Um, and so like, a, like I kind of thought about it for a little bit. And then like a week later I hit up John and I was like, I'm down. Like, like I'm, I'm like, I'm interested. And then he was like, well, they asked about you. And so like, I'm going to help facilitate getting this um, conversation started. Well, Ian Bull had gone to school with one of our, um, like one of the employees there, his name's John. And um, they kind of had connected and Ian Bull and John pretty much plugged me with um like their sports marketing team and they had been like kind of asking out and reaching out about me and they weren't really stressed i guess they saw the movie i produced called el sueño and they really liked it and um yeah they hit me up kind of cold call like hey like what are your thoughts you know like what's your energy and uh where do you want to take snowboarding and we had this like two-hour conversation and i pretty much interviewed them because <laughs> i was like i'm like from what I'm getting is like like a very corporate structure and I've never worked in a corporate structure before and it is very scary to leave something as comfortable as family and um, like a, a solid solid sponsor to something that could just up and change over time like in like you know and I kind of asked them their five-year plan and they asked they then asked me my five-year plan I kind of laid everything out and then um, it just seemed to fit. And I was like, you know what? I shouldn't be afraid to take this step. Like I'm, I'm okay. It's okay to change jobs. It's okay to move on to a, a different employer and feel confident and just en enjoy the shake up and learn. And I, I knew it was going to be a learning opportunity. So, um, we worked it out right then and there. Um, and yeah, I made, I made the transition. It was definitely pretty tough with um, the parting with Air Blaster, but like Jesse, the owner, and all, all the people. Yeah, Jesse Garagoski, champion. Um, and just people like Jack Hewitt, who I worked with, then became like my best friend. And, um, you know, it was hard, but it was like, like, it just had to be done. You know, sometimes you just have to shake it up. And, and just, yeah, you know, just be scared. And it was cool. I was so stoked. And then I just fully embraced it. And really, like, I took it as in, like, I got accepted into a college and I was going to learn as much as I possibly can in the shortest amount of time. And I'm going to knock at 100 doors at, uh, at the office and I'm hoping that one opens. And then a number of things opened. And then I found myself with a handful. And I was like, oh, wow, cool. And then learning how to navigate the whole structure and and having so much fun doing it and I feel like there, there's a lot of fear in partnering with uh, corporations and in the shakeups and stuff like that. But I, I do want to take note that the people that are working in these sports marketing divisions, like they're not just some like average Joes from like the South that just like are qualified through their college degrees. Like, no, these people, like everybody at the North Face, everybody that works there has like some form of passion for outdoor recreation, whether it's climbing, ice climbing, trail running, 
um, snowboarding, skiing, alpinism, anything. Like everybody is like into it. Like they work at the North Face because they want to be there and they want to contribute to it. And once you kind of like just like take down the filter of like the corporate situation, you realize that everybody you're working with has a passion for the outdoors and so do you. And so there's always things to connect on. And I, I truly love it. So, Damn, dude. That's amazing. And some of the other stuff that you've been doing since you, like, you got some, for the listeners that can't see, you got some outerwear behind you that you've got into the design process of making some cool shit. What's going on with that? Yeah, for sure. So um, I was approached um, by their design team, and they were like, cool, like, what are you into? Like, what are you doing? Like, kind of just getting the whole spiel. And I was just like, you know, like, um, I'm just really into making affordable products and and really highlighting that and i really value that it has like fashion forward appeal to it so that therefore we like cater towards people that maybe haven't snowboarded yet but see a jacket and like damn that's dope and then it's like easy easy easily attainable because the price point is there then we can like like create a larger following in snowboarding and skiing and outdoor sports in general and they they ran with that. They're like, cool, so all right, sweet. And then we just kind of dived in on the um, design process. And they're like, we're gonna simplify this and this, and like kind of like work on these silhouettes and like work from like the the start to the finish on it. And like a part of the way through it, they're like, you know, like um, they're like, who like let's like bring another athlete in on this one. And I was like, there's like nobody better than Jess Kimura to bring in like straight up like what she has done for like all of snowboarding is incredible and for um for us to like get to the design process and like collaborate on ideas for what it's going to look like was just huge and I'm so thankful that she was there the whole time and that we got to work together on such a thing and yeah just like she's done so much for for snowboarding as a whole man like straight up shaking the world just mm. shaking just grabbing him you're like she doesn't so, even know that right? she's so fucking Whoa. gangster dude yeah. She's, yeah, uh, she's so gangster yeah man love that what a cool brand you guys get to do all kinds of cool stuff i hang out with spencer all the time schubert and he's always mentioned you guys are like doing some type of retreat i don't know if you go on these like things where you like hang out with climbers and shit and go camping and all that stuff yeah so yeah, they, yeah, that's one of the coolest parts about working for the North Face, and not just from my perspective as like a athlete, but for the people that do work for the brand, you have like paid, you have paid days to go adventure. So they'll coordinate and they'll work with like a team like High Camp, which is Jim Zeller's like OG professional snowboarder, like has this whole process where he's just like I pick out he he like gets a campground, he gets like all the activities, maps out all the hikes, all the mountain biking, all the climbing and everything. And then he like brings in this incredible chef and everybody just cooks and camps. And if you're a North Face employee, like, you know, maybe once a quarter you get an opportunity to go and get paid to go camping or go hiking or go climbing. And then us as guest athletes get to come and like go hiking or mountain biking or climbing with you and we get to hang out and do all this stuff together. And it's so rad, so much fun. Like I, that's my one of my favorite parts. That's cool, man. Love that. What? So you got some? You're, what? You got some dope ass brands you're working with now. So you got you got North Face, mm-hmm. Arbor. Mm-hmm. You riding Arbor bindings or Flux? Flux. Flux bindings. Yep. Keeping it OG. Uh, Evo. Evo. Yep. What goggles are you repping? Smith. 
Smith. Okay, yeah. damn, dude. Yeah, Smith down the street, dude. Hell no, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Northwest vibes. Straight hey, um, Silk, we got any Patreons left on there? Yeah. This one's from Frank Wang. Um, can you talk about the support and growth of diversity in snowboarding and the outdoors in general over the last few years? Thank you for always being there to support us all, especially Bean. Sweet. Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely been pretty sweet uh, seeing everything kind of transition into into like that aspect and definitely having more representatives in the outdoors and in the professional spaces being acknowledged it creates like a larger following in that aspect you know like if you if you're just highlight if you highlight like people of color or what what have you in these outdoor spaces then you're going to open up the possibility for people to look out and say oh i could do that too and then therefore we're going to like grow and and contribute to whatever you you know climbing all that climbing snowboarding skiing resort culture like anything dude um it's it's pretty cool and I've been loving it. I love seeing it. It's, it's like, bigger than ever. And, I mean, fuck, I mean, how can you even talk about it? It's, like, it's just sick. It's just, it's absolutely sick to see things change. You know, we can really deep dive on that stuff, but it's, like, it's just crazy, you know? Like, do, do you want to deep dive on it? I don't want to. Um, being a person of color can fucking suck sometimes. And then being a person of color can fucking rule sometimes. And it's just just a fucking fine line. It's tough. I don't know. It's, it's just so tough. It's tough to talk about. It's tough to hear about. It's like perspectives are so different from so many different parts of the United States. And I'm not going to lie to you. It just gets fucking exhausting. Okay. And I'm like, that's that. it. It yeah. just does. Like, I was just talking to somebody in Wyoming who's just like kind of going off about how like, there's no Latino people on the hill and stuff like that. And I was like, you know, like, take it from somebody who travels around the United States and hosts events in s- small communities, big communities, like, we're fucking here. Mm. You know, like, we're holding it down. Like, people from the inner cities, people from rural communities, people are, are, are like, there's more people like me on the hill than ever. But, like, you just have to take your head out of the box that you're in. You know, like, what is it, like... I don't want to quote, like, I don't want to quote wrong, but by a certain year, the minority will be white people and the majority will be people of color. And uh, and I was telling her, I was like, and I was like, central United States is going to be the last to transition to that. I'm like, so your perspective and your, like, like, it's not like a lot of people come at it with a negative feeling, but like without like a broader perspective. So people the perspective should expand with the movement. Like as the movement grows, the perspective mm-hmm. should match it, right? Yeah. And grow out of it the yeah. same way. Yeah. And I like personally, I believe that there's a lot of like shaming hmm. uh, tied with w- like the people are like shaming so that they can achieve growth in like m- change, faster change. And, like, I don't contribute to that. I don't like that. And it bums me out because, like, like it, I just sit on the back end. I'm just like, 
you could just do work on your own and like make use your own resources to contribute rather than saying that this company isn't doing it right or like mm -hmm. shaming fucking shit and saying that like like rather than like going on Instagram or going and being like your team is filled with white people you don't have a single person of color like fuck's your problem you know rather than just like how, how about you just like get on the back end and help create professional snowboarders you know or something mentor whatever so I have like a, a fine line on it like I, I love it and I think it's great but I think that there's a lot of negativity tied to it and it comes from a lot of different aspects and um, it's just it's like rough because like I don't know like I'm such a supporter but on a positive spectrum and there's so many negative things people can say about like not happening fast enough yeah it's gonna it's gonna happen and it's you know, like I, I literally told the, the homie from Wyoming, and I was just like, you feel like this? I'm like, go to Big Bear. Like, go to Big Bear on, a, on like, <laughs> a Saturday. I'm like, bro, you're going to trip. I'm like, go to Boreal on a Saturday. You're going to trip. Go to Timberline on a Saturday. You're going to trip. Go to, like, Crystal Mountain. Go, like, anywhere. Like, like, it's like you're seeing the changes in these inner cities. You're seeing things. You're seeing more people of color, more diversity expanding and feeling okay to be in these spaces. You just have to go closer to them, and you're going to see it, you know? So, like, there's no, like, you know, like, being negative towards it or trying to come at it and, like, a, you're not doing it fast enough as a company, as a brand, I think can also, like, hinder it and slow it down and and – you know, I'm also like, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm all for the companies making the right decision and adding more people of color, adding more diverse people, more people that represent all sorts of different communities onto their, onto their brands and onto their, what have you, you know, so I'm, I'm down, but yeah, there's just a lot of negativity towards it too. And that bums me out. Super bad. Yeah. Well said, well said. And I mean, fuck. I'm a white dude. Jones is a white dude. You know, I we're I, I don't have a perspective. I have the perspective of a of a white dude going through life through snowboarding. So I love I love hearing different perspectives and and mine. You know, fucking is doesn't have really any relevance in the space. But from my perspective, I do think that uh, it does seem like it's it's come quite a ways in the, at least in the past few years. Like if you were to look at snowboarding ten years ago, there is progress happening. Mm. But maybe it's not overnight. It's just like a slow fucking drip, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just would love to see, like, like if, like, rather than, like, shaming and canceling, like, we were nurturing what's, like, what's happening. I think, I think it's cool, like, even, not even in regards to race, maybe if you're talking about even news, it's like, I just think sometimes, whether you're following someone on social media or whatever, like, there's a lot of what's wrong with the world and and then inversely there's also like a lot of what what's right with the world. there's a lot of good stuff happening too you know so it's like what's what's the energy going to go towards and yeah i don't know good it stuff to talk about seems like you have yeah. to dig a little harder to find the good so i think maybe that's why it, it kind of stays in trailing of negative you know people don't always want to put that effort in but i love hearing your your perspective of it I, it's um, inspiring to me, both 
in, in my actions that I want to continue to take and to support the movement, but then just to hear that it's a good movement and that it's making progress and to hear that positivity come out of it and not just be like, yeah, it's good. Um, but I wish this and, and just start pointing out all the things that haven't changed yet Mm -hmm. that ultimately will. I just think that is very healthy way to look at it. And honest, I think the progress is there. I mean, is progress ever where you want it? Not if someone's doing something for reals, like you never really get there because it's a big dream. You get really close and you can be satisfied, but that like that very, very pinnacle where everything just stops and is perfect. And like, sorry to say, I just don't think it exists truly. I think if that exists, then we all kind of just die. There's no, nothing opposing anything. Yeah, definitely. There's no satisfaction in like the human brain. There's like mm-hmm. never. As long point. as we are in charge, <laughs> it's ne- you're never gonna hit the tippy top of your dream. You'll mm-hmm. always just be like, even if you're just like, you ended up hitting the dream level that you thought of four years ago, but by f- you know four years later, your dream level has gotten to that level, mm-hmm. even bigger. You know, so you'll never tippy top Dude. and get it to. And you can't believe the space you're in at the same time. You're just like, I can't even believe all of this. Mm-hmm. Like that, this is happening. That I'm here. I know. Yeah. Fucking, that's good. But that's a good mental note there too. Just think about that. Like go back when you're like, man, I, one day I'm gonna be able to walk into Seven Eleven buy whatever the fuck I want. I remember mm. thinking that when I was 18. I can go into Seven Eleven buy whatever the fuck I want, and I'm st- I'm not happy. <laughs> I'm I'm not happy. I can tell you that I can go fucking spend a hundred dollars at Seven Eleven. Didn't you know what I mean? Like it's like I got now. It's the next problem. Yeah. Oh, I got to buy a new fucking door for my house. Fifteen hundred dollars. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? Like, oh my God. It's, yeah, it's never ending. It's yeah. so funny. Yeah, yeah but yeah. you're always wearing down the point if you're using it, right? Yeah. You're constantly right and you're constantly chasing. For and sure. You got to keep it sharp, but it doles up. That so it's never really one. there. That was a good one. Damn. All right. Let's talk about fly fishing. Obviously, you're not that knowledgeable, judging by the <laughs> trivia. The smelling salts. I might just hit, hit one in remembrance. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, That's the thing over here. I'll hit it again. <laughs> we got a bottle. We get fresh. No, just get a freshie. Oh, no, I'll take the used one. No, no, you need yeah, you a freshie. You need a freshie. <laughs> We're swimming in salts over yeah, here. Swimming. Fly fishing. <laughs> All right. All right. You're an avid fly Throw fly those fishing. on a hook and see how it oh, goes. I'll get it. Oh, we'll get oh it. man. Uh, sell me on fly fishing. Long pole there. Sell you on fly fishing. I mean, <sighs> sell you on fly so fishing. <laughs> That's when you know it's a good one. Uh, no, I kind of uh, want to get there. Uh, <laughs> um, so you on fly fishing? I mean, dude, literally you're walking up. along a river. And you're either with your friend or you're with your dog, and all you can hear is the river. And that's it. And every now and then you need that. That's it. I don't care if you catch fish. I don't care if you're waving the stick. It doesn't even matter. You you don't even have to tell your partner that you actually caught a fish or even wave the stick. You're just trying to get away from everything and just recalibrate life in the woods. And typically, 
the rivers are flowing from mountains into the oceans and they go through desolate places and you can find them. And th yeah, that's just a, it's just a beautiful reset that we have. And there's rivers and lakes and ocean or whatever you want to do like all around us. It's just like, it's like a purpose to be in nature. But if you like just to go walk, it's the same thing. Mm. You live in Portland? Mm-hmm. Or South Portland. Does it stress you out? Um, I don't really go into Portland too much. No, it doesn't really stress me out. No. No. Um, when I lived in the inner city and it stressed me out when there was traffic to get to the river. Yep. Mm. I, cho I always chose to have a worse drive to my job than I did to the place of fun. I'd rather have no traffic to get to the beach, to the rivers, to get to the mountains, than then live closer to my job where I have traffic to get to all my favorite places. Yeah. Mm, good logic. It is good. Yeah. So I'll travel. I'll travel thirty minutes into work. I don't give a damn. Work is gonna suck no matter what. It's work. It's such a good mm -hmm. perspective. But uh, what, one thing that uh, we forgot to mention that uh, a couple things we got uh, signed print taken by Ted Borland, little uh, known sneaky photographer, mm -hmm. the sneaky photog. And uh, you do an Andrecht, and that'll be on bombhole.com. And then we have uh, one thing that's really cool is we're doing what's called an opportunity drawing. Some may call it a raffle. We're not calling it that. We're calling it an opportunity drawing. And what you do is you can go on bombhole.com. You can buy a raffle ticket. There's even free raffle tickets. You just uh, basically enter to win. Um, and all of the money, where's it going? We're going to Snow Days Foundation based out of uh, the Pacific Northwest. And so we have your snowboard behind you. We have a head-to-toe outerwear kit, and then we have an additional jacket. So we got three things we're going to be, um, you know, picking, and then we're going to donate all the money. Why this foundation? Um, I have worked closely with this foundation over the last few years. Um, also, like Jesse Grankowski and Travis Parker help like fuel it and start it um, and pioneer this need for a nonprofit based out of the Pacific Northwest, Portland. Mostly, but they've recently expanded into Central Oregon, Eugene kind of area. Um, I have personally uh, contributed time and hung out and helped teach the kids. And it really is like a life-changing experience to get up into the mountains and to overcome something that you never thought possible. It really helps lead you down like a really healthy path where you can maybe take that to just general uh, life problems, you know? Killer. Sick. So all of the donations for that will go uh, on bombhole.com. We'll donate that straight to the foundation. And, uh, yeah, good cause, good stuff. Snowboarders supporting snowboarders. Yeah. We love to see. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Daryl Daryl Maths lives, like, um, also in Portland. Always, He's been there forever. But he also contributes his time, so you'll see him up there and stuff. And it's awesome. He does it every year. That, that dude's awesome. Legend. Mm-hmm. Straight up. <coughs> All right. You know what it's time for, Eric? What's the time for? It's time for the pub beer crapshoot. Let me find some dice. I think we got some. You got dice anywhere? Behind you, Eric, right on the shelf go. there. Here, roll those two dice. Uh, and here's the situation. It's time to roll some dice for some cheap fun presented by Pub Beer. No matter what you're doing, crack open a pub beer for cheap fun. It's always a safe bet. Now roll that dice. We'll tell you what you got to do. Most likely just answer a question. Throw a third dice in. Ah, uh, you could. What's the no number? Is it a six and a four? Is that what you got? 
10. Okay. Um, it's 10, but we're going to go with 11 because I like this question better. If you had to be a Siamese twins with another person in the industry, which person would you choose to be stuck with? Like if your body part was attached. Uh, oh, Curtis Cizek, probably. Mm, great answer. Have nice. you ever talked to that dude? He yes. just fires it off nonstop. Mm-hmm. You were so quick about that. Yeah. That was impressive. He'd be, you guys would be attached fishing off the jet boat exactly i thought that i was like he likes to fish he's like an otter in the water he's like surfs like maniac and he snowboards and dude he's insane on a snowboard like mental Mm -hmm. good method great method good method and it's a regular method and i'm a goofy method so we would be able to touch tips you got to touch tips and he's like this he's like just so funny yeah he's on it and you know what's also great is like if you want to go right back country on the snowmobile you just sit there and he just get you where you need to go he's nice on the turby can i answer for you because i had i had an immediate thought of who your twin would be okay but it was also it was mostly snowboard based so i'd go with fallon you two combined in style oh wow yeah that would be a whole lot that'd be a lot of sauce happening there they'd be like the sauciest yeah there'd be siamese twins ever that would be good you're going you guys he's regular as well so you could Mm -hmm. do another method touch tip as well if you need to i mean that's a cover leave some room up top for the words we're good big fan of miles all right we're gonna get into hot takes now uh first thing we like to ask is who is the greatest of all time to you this is as it pertains to you we're not talking about stats we're not talking about you know like some people like to get the the grid, the spreadsheet out and start. But it's like, who's who's your goat, both male and female? Um, yeah, I'm gonna go Bodie for the goat. Like, he's just a psycho on a snowboard, and when he's not, it's he's just so funny and so relatable. Um, like my best friends who are not like super pro snowboarders meet Bodie, and they're like, oh, I get him now. He's so funny. He's so cool. Like, and I'm like, that's that's the. That's the epitome. Like being able to like relate to everybody is so huge. And and on top of that, we don't have to talk about what he's done on the snowboard and what he does, but rails, everything. Crazy. Um and then female, I'm gonna go Desiree. Woo. Just Woo. cause like, I mean, those video parts, all the street filming throughout all the years, like everything, like she's like paved pathways for like street snowboarding and um her category and stuff and, and just everything bringing art to snowboarding and just truly being passionate about what she does, staying true to it, um, creating a nonprofit stay. Like she's just huge and a massive, um, you know, like asset to our community and she's definitely choosing her own path and, and hopefully the, the girls looking up to her or the males looking up to her or have what up, you know, they're, they can like choose a path because something that mm. she's done. Uh, great answer. I also am a space cadet, and I forgot Desiree's guest question. So let's just interrupt hot takes with the guest question from Des. Here we I go. like it. Okay. Uh, hey, Bombhole. Hey, Chris. Hey, Eric. Uh, this is Desiree Melanson. And, um, yeah, I'm calling in with a guest question. Um, Eric. Uh, at the, there was a certain formative time within your snowboarding career when we were living together in Portland, Oregon, and you had to make some hard decisions about brands to align with and directions to 
take your career in. And I'm curious about the ways in which you can maybe tell the audience about ways that you were able to honor your intentions and, you know, stick to your gut about what you thought you wanted to see progress out of maybe coronation and about how you were represented as a professional snowboarder and maybe, you know, what it took to get there, how you ideated that process, what your support system looked like, and how it all ended panning out, ended up panning out, excuse me. Um, So yeah, excited to hear the episode and love all y'all. So hope everybody's well. So long. Cool, Des. I love you. You called me last night. You're such a sweetie. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I think we touched on this a little bit earlier about like the transition period. And that's something I didn't mention in it was my when I was doing this big transition and trying and, and, you know, shifting from a brand that I was with for 10 years plus um, and having doubts and having buyer's remorse is what, you you know, you have. You're just like, I shouldn't have bought that. Um, my big question was just like, well, like to them was like, what are we going to do with core? And like, how do we like, how do we, you know, um, how can your brand contribute to core? And my whole big, um, ideal of it was just like, how can I, like, how can I give back as much as possible? And I was like, this platform is massive. I was like, we can do so much work. And that was like a huge part for me. I was just like, I really believe in core. I really believe in what these nonprofits are doing across the United States. I really believe in what the park crews are doing. I really like, I truly like value all of the locals at every resort. Like how can we incorporate everything? How can we like really blow it out and make everybody have a good time? And I was like, that was like my through and through my thought process. I was like, if I, you know, if we have larger platform, we bring more energy and we bring more hype we can raise more money for the nonprofits. We can have um, bigger show ups, bigger like big, bigger uh, product giveaways, bigger activations, and and things with these resorts. So um, that was kind of like a really big moment for me. I was like, wow, like like core can change like things in certain regions, you know, and change the energy, all this stuff, and. Like I do need, in all reality, a little bit of financial help to do it because it is quite hard to do it, like on just my own budget, which is, you know, how it was running for a while. Great stuff. Love that. All right. We're going to get back to our regular scheduled hot takes. Great answer. Uh, Would you consider snowboarding uh, an art or a sport? Uh, An art or a sport? Um, an art for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, bro. Okay, that's good. That's all you need. You just pick an answer. Okay, would you consider who would you consider is the most underrated? Mike Little. Great answer. Super good. Steel or powder? All my powder dogs, steel. <laughs> Who's got your favorite Good style answer. ever? Favorite style ever? Who do I love watching snowboard? Hmm. 
Uh, Jake OE. Mm. Favorite method. Favorite method. Um, Jamie Lynn. Favorite snowboard video. Fall Line Films, Critical Condition. Whew. Favorite snowboard graphic ever made. Favorite snowboard graphic ever made. Um, hmm. Supposed to be a hot take, supposed to be quick. What board did I always love? I mean, I've always loved Forrest's boards. Like, I've always wanted one. I, I love what Forrest does. And every year they get better. So it's like, yeah, maybe I like that one, but next year's just going to be good. So I like Forrest boards, hmm. pretty much any of them. I really like the, yeah, I don't know. Good answer. If you go heliboarding three people, good times, riding powder, who are you bringing in the helicopter? You got three people, three seats. Uh, I'm going to bring Leanne, my fiance. I bring uh, Taylor Rideman, and that's my best friend. And then probably bring uh, my mom so she could just be in the heli tripping. Dude. She's like, oh, my God. Holding your first board, you got at the premiere <laughs> for sure. She's yeah, there. she's just cold. She hasn't let go of that thing. I guess she's <laughs> just been carrying it around. Yeah, yeah. She's hype, hyping us up with her iPhone. You know, Facebook posts on the spot. She's going horizontal film job <laughs> for sure. Love that. Okay, uh, worst trend. What do you got? Uh, worst trend. Um, worst trend. Worst trend. Uh, worst trend. I don't know. Rolling up pants was pretty bad for a while. <laughs> um, I don't know. Worst trend, not being cool to just the people that aren't as good as you. Be cool to, be cool to kooks. You were a kook, too. Thank you. Fucking great answer. Trend. Worst trend, hands down. Everybody's cool. All right, let's get into setups. What board you run? What you got? Um, I've been on the Arbor Relapse, my signature model. I've been on that for years now. Um, it is... Pretty awesome. I've been able to work with the Arbor Art Department, also partner with a bunch of different artists throughout my time with Arbor Snowboards. Um, it's a parabolic camber, so it's pretty much traditional camber with just a little bit of technology in it where it kind of just evens out towards the tip and tail. Uh, we have 50-50 grip tech, so we have like a little bump on our, on our contact points, but it's very slight. It just adds for like a little bit of grip, but still allows me to be like super loose on, on – uh, on edge and, and get to where I need to do on rails. And then we have like a slight little bevel on the, on the nose and tail, which kind of alleviates a little bit of that pressure, like release on the top of quarter pipes when you're like hacking it or something. Um, so I don't know. I've been loving this board. I've been on it for a minute. Um, it's sick. It handles like pretty much everything. Um, I jump big jumps on it, um, in the park and, um, yeah, hit like heaps of like rails and steep kinks and stuff like that. It's super poppy out of the box. It's so sick. It's so good. You got a uh, binding set up posi posi on there? Not right now. Um, I Yeah, I, I've been riding for Flex Bindings for 12 plus years. And this year, I recently got to partner with one of my good homies, Daniel Godoy, who's also known as Yo Dog Daniel. Um, and he's like a local artist in Portland. And uh, he's also from Venezuela and just started snowboarding like two years ago and was like natural. So good. We like ripping powder last winter, full on ripping powder. And I got to partner with him to do a graphic and at, like two years in snowboarding, he got a pair of bindings that have his graphic on him. And you know, he gets snowboarding. He's like, just so through the moon. And the graphic is sick. Probably one of my favorites I've ever done. 
Got a little mushroom homie with a little butterfly off his finger. Um, yeah, and my stance is typically I start with zero in the back and 15 in the front. That's like I'll start my season. And then throughout my season, I shift, and throughout boards, I shift, but it always goes positive. So um, if I ride powder, sometimes I, I go like positive three or positive six in the back, and then positive 18 to positive like 24 in the front. And then I just shift it as I ride and jib and throughout the throughout the years. But it always says zero in the back, and it never goes below 12 in the front. Damn, keep that shoulder open and keep those shoulders open. And That's an open front foot. It's I know, crazy. but I, yeah, I suck at front. I suck at front side spins, which is so funny. It's like as much as I'm trying to do it, I still blow. <laughs> Killer. Um, and then what do you do with your edges? I just take a file to them and just rip through them. Unless it's a like paddleboard or something, then I, and a big mountain board, I just like uh, keep it, keep it sharp, keep it chill. But All right. Well, let's talk about uh, up and coming projects. What's next? What's next for Eric Leon? Um. Well, let's see. I produced a project with Tyler Orton last year, um, and yeah, Austin Smith. We cruised around in an RV in the North Island of Japan. It was our first time back there since everything closed down. And that was like the trip of a lifetime. I'm so pumped. Uh, like all, I've been looking up to Austin Smith since uh, we all know that opener. Um, and people, oh, whew, come on, baby, you know it's anger still. And yeah, it was like now that we're on the same team, we got to spend more time together. And I was like, hey, what do you think about going on a trip? And Tyler Orton's also his friend, so it was this cool experience, ex- like experimental film where we just let Tyler do whatever he pleased. And Tyler's taking his filmmaking into so many different directions. And in my personal opinion, complete, like positive for snowboarding. Um, and we just let him do as he wanted. And what we created was just absolutely incredible. And I'm so happy to be a part of it. I'm so happy that the North Face allowed me to uh, produce it and, and just, you know, trust me with it. It's so cool. So that's called Ocular. And it'll be coming out, um, not sure yet, but we'll drop it. And um, after that, I produced a campaign with the North Face for our signature outerwear. Also partnered with Tyler on that one. Um, and we got to just go rip uh, the local hill outside of my home with all of my homies that I normally snowboard with, which are just kind of um, people that are, I don't know, you know, they contribute to the city and they, they have the everyday woes. And they love snowboarding, and that fuels me when I come home to go snowboarding with my friends that do it for a passion and have so much of it. It just fills me up. I want to just eat it up. I want to just be there with them and watch them get like a really good powder turn. I want that. I want to experience that with them. So I got to go shoot and do that with my some of my best friends. Killer, That's awesome. So, um, and then I also have a. Uh, a super top secret video part that I filmed. Um, yeah, I guess something to touch on is that I like don't often get the time to film snowboarding as much as I would like to with a five to six, uh, you know, event series for core throughout the year. I'm traveling a lot to host these events and it takes a lot of energy. And then along with that, we're doing small little campaigns with our sponsors. Um, so it's hard to get a personal time where I can separate a filmer and uh, go film some street stuff. But Ted, Ted Borland, right-hand man, that dude, mm. so much love. Um, yeah, we got to go to Minnesota for 
10 days and we filmed for eight of them and we just filmed like a, a short little video part that we'll be releasing through Arbor and uh, super top secret. So when it drops, it drops and you might be able to see it in other places before that, but we'll let you know. Can't wait. We're stoked on that. Killer. Um, Amazing. Well, lastly, before, uh, before we wrap things up, we always like to say, um, you got any thank yous? You guys want to hear it? Because I got so many. Everybody in my life. Run it up. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Thank you to Clayton Shoemaker. Uh, Thank you to Pat Bridges and Chris Bradshaw. These guys definitely made my experience at Big Bear the best. Definitely Bradshaw. Uh, Zach Hale. um, All the SoCal pro snowboarders that I grew up to or I grew up looking up to and now I know you as friends like Harrison Gordon. Uh, Brian Fox, uh, Brian Gucci, number one. Mm-hmm. Um, we got Scott Blum, Desiree. Um, and then, yeah, shout out to my best friends, David Matoba, Taylor Redmond, and Dave Ebert, um, Jack Hewitt, and Sam. You guys have all been, like, at my back supporting me through all this, like, crazy woes and snowboarding and just, like, being my biggest fans and I love you so much. Um, yeah. And everybody at the brands like Dave Marks and Matt Patty and, um, Sandra, John Torres and, um, you know, uh, Trey and James Kelly and all these people at all the brands I partner with that you guys have all been so incredible and I'm so thankful to have your support. Um, I wouldn't be the person that I am if I didn't have you guys in my life and, and helping me, you know, shape this uh, pathway that I, that uh, that's here. Um, and shout out to my mom, my dad, my little brother. Yeah, you guys are the shit. And thank you, you two. Like, I'm sure I'm missing a bunch of people, but, like, straight up, I'm still tripping. I'm in the booth with you two right now, like. Just even if we were out to eat, I'd still be tripping this much. And I'm so thankful that for this opportunity to speak. And, um, yeah, thank you. I mean, there's so much to it. Yeah, your questions are awesome. And and uh, thanks to my fiance Leanne, and my dog, Finn. You guys are the best. You know, on behalf of the bomb hole and stuff, I just thank you so much for everything you do for snowboarding, keeping it rad, doing the right things. And... Uh, Dude, you've done so much, so thank you on behalf of Snowboarding, man. It's been a fucking great conversation. Thanks for coming and sharing your story. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that. Uh, Jones, thanks for the banter, as always. Thank you, Chris. Silk D, thanks for fucking hitting them buttons. That's my job. And, yeah. of course, everybody that uh, listens and tunes in and supports, uh, we really appreciate you guys. So, that being said, over and out from the bomb hole. <laughs>